Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man. It's that time of week. My name is Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Tyrac.com studios. Fox Sports Radio. Las Vegas, home of Super Bowl 58. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection. Fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Absolute jam-packed show tonight as we turn the corner. The Niners and Chiefs touch down in Lake Las Vegas. They'll be here Sunday. We'll get into all that stuff later. We are going to run the full gamut. We've got some great guests. Uh... We might need eight hours tonight, so we'll see what happens when 3 a.m. rolls around. But for now, we're going to try to jam eight hours into four. I want to start with uh, the Lakers because if you watched the game Saturday night against the Knicks, it's got to be maddening to be a Lakers fan. And I know a thing or two about the Lakers. I was an intern at the Forum, Magic's rookie year. I was front and center for a lot of the showtime and I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the franchise, and I've always defined the Lakers as a as a franchise defined by their eras, going all the way back to the Wilt Chamberlain era, and then the Elgin Baylor, Jerry West era, and then, of course, the Magic Kareem era, nine finals in 12 years, five NBA titles. That was segued into a few years later, the Kobe Shaq era, which then became the Kobe era, 
and then finally the LeBron James, which I will only call the soap opera era, because that's exactly what it is. What a maddening franchise, all because of this megalomaniacal, incredibly insecure knucklehead whose act is incredibly tired. However, Saturday night, the Lakers showed what they could be on occasion. They snapped the New York Knicks nine-game winning streak, a tremendous lockdown defensive performance in the fourth quarter. It was a crazy crowd at Madison Square Garden. If you've never been to a game there, you better put it on your bucket list soon. But the Lakers have been one of the most inconsistent teams in the NBA this season. But still, Saturday night, they had enough in the tank to shut down the hottest team in the league. Knicks led 86-80, but then went cold. The team went scoreless for more than seven minutes, missed 11 straight shots, and uh, all of a sudden... Uh, the Lakers get out of there 113-105. The biggest difference maker Saturday night was Anthony Davis. Even if he only had 12 points, his rebounding, he had 18 boards in his defense. He had five blocks. That gave the Knicks fits all night, forcing them to choose between staying at the perimeter or go for an awkward drive in the paint. So for one night, the Lakers really looked the part, especially when you consider they got some bad news, the recent loss of Jared Vanderbilt, who's been a defensive standout, looks like he's probably going to be out for the season. Let's not dance around the issue anymore. I'm sick and tired of LeBron. I always have been. I've never been a fan. I'll respect his body of work, and I'll respect the level of excellence, but I will never characterize his greatness anywhere with Jordan, Magic, and along the line. Let's just not have the argument, okay? Let's just not do it. We're never going to convince each other. All I know is... Once again, he tweets the hourglass emoji after the blowout losses last week. Last year after the playoffs, they asked him if he might retire. Yeah, come on, LeBron. Every time you talk, you got about as much credibility as a dermatologist with acne. LeBron has a $51 million player option in his Lakers contract next year. And by the way, when he was asked if he wanted to clarify the tweet the other day, he just said no. This is a tired act. This is a lame act. We're, we're sick of it. For all of LeBron's accomplishments, he's a passive-aggressive knucklehead. And he's one of these guys that he's holding the, 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 he is holding the franchise hostage. I, in all my life, 29 years of being a credentialed member of the media, almost 30 now, and being a sports fan, a genuine sports fan since I was 10, 11 years old, I have never, never seen an individual hold a, franchise hostage the way that LeBron does. If you think Darvin Ham runs his team, no, LeBron runs the team. By the way, Eric Spolster is around two decades later after LeBron wanted him fire, fired. What's, what's, what's ironic is I do not think the Lakers have any chance of winning the, uh, the, the NBA championship this year. No, they'll compete. They'll, they'll prove they can be a tough out, maybe. I don't even think they're getting to the conference finals like they did last year. I can't see what Rob Polinka is going to do with the trade le- deadline. He, he pulled Magic last year, not Magic Johnson. He pulled Magic out of his hat, and it was incredible to watch. But that was lightning in a bottle. They don't have the assets this year to trade. I don't think they can win a title this season. So the irony is their most valuable asset that has some return is LeBron. But you can't trade him. You can't trade him. And, and I, I'm not saying he's asking to be traded. I don't know what he's asking for. I don't really care anymore. But I, I'm, I'm very secure in the knowledge that they'll never win a championship anymore as long as LeBron is there, period. You want to bet on the Lakers to win a championship? Knock yourself out. Might as well light the money on fire. At least it'll keep you warm. You want to putt from the rough? That is your business.
It's ironic because if the Lakers were able to trade LeBron, there'd be some knucklehead team out there to take him, they would get some draft capital. But if you wait for LeBron to walk, perhaps after the end of the season, which is possible, or maybe he makes it two more seasons and his, his contract expires, you move him for nothing. And look how many people gave the Angels a hard time for betting on Shohei Otani and Okay, the Lakers are a lot more relevant in Southern California, certainly, than, than the Angels are. So LeBron isn't getting traded, but it raises the question. You have to start to ask yourself, what is the end game for LeBron in Los Angeles? He's never been traded, but the other day he was subject to a lot of loud rumors, but for the time being, I don't think there's any reason to believe those rumors are going anywhere. And if you if you look at the very, you know, prominent NBA newsbreakers, they're not the ones saying he'd be traded. It's it's the typical fan social media, so on and so forth. And and we know that LeBron has a player option after the season. But if you look at again at how the Lakers are constructed, they're not even close to championship contention. Uh so look, you deal with the here and now. LeBron is a Laker today. I'm 99.9% sure he'll be a Laker after the trade deadline. I'll actually make that 100%. But LeBron is not averse to jumping off a sinking ship. He left Cleveland, then he left Miami, went back to Cleveland, then left Cleveland again. And it seems like, you know, at 39 years old, his days have to be numbered somewhat for being a Laker uh, simply because he's not going to be in the NBA that much longer. So just put, put the two and two together. What's he got, a couple more years maybe? I don't know, maybe, maybe longer. So could you theoretically have the two sides come together to find an acceptable trade? Potentially, but there's not exactly an obvious fit out there. There's no way the Lakers would send him to the Clippers, even if they had anything to trade. I don't think they'd return him to Cleveland. It doesn't make much sense. Uh, you know, who are you going to get back? They're not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. They're not going to trade Evan Mobley or Darius Garland. You get my point. Golden State, they've actually got the contracts to match money, but that's a difficult deal if you try to reverse engineer that. You're not going to get Draymond Green or Klay Thompson back. Would the Lakers take Andrew Wiggins? Mm, I don't know. The point of the matter is is that you got a situation where LeBron has a, like, I'm a LeBron James. He's going to invoke the I'm LeBron James clause. Just... You know, I'm the greatest that's ever played. Just ask me. So LeBron has become what I consider to be a, well, he's always been a passive-aggressive diva, but now I think to the detriment of the team. So at some point, the Lakers had better start to think about life after LeBron James, and you better figure out what your succession plan is. Now, Rob Palenka and Kurt Rambis prepared to bet their jobs on a quick turnaround this year. The truth of the matter is, you know, the Lakers spent – Dr. Buss passed. I think it was 2013. The Lakers wandered around in the wilderness, and, and they just – that didn't save Mitch Kupchak's job and, and Jim Buss. And you remember that last iteration of front office people. LeBron James doesn't have the answers. The Lakers don't have the answers. And that's one of the many reasons why they'll continue going on. It's the old joke about two people that don't get along anymore. He says, there's nothing I wouldn't do for him, and there's nothing he wouldn't do for me, and we're going to go right on doing nothing for each other. At the end of the day, that feels like what is happening with LeBron. He's not going to leave. 
But if he stays, the longer the season goes without a surprise turnaround, well, the sooner it's going to rise in front of living color, the Lakers and LeBron are going to have to figure this out. Simple as that. Coming up, big doings in Vegas. Oh, my goodness. Not just the Super Bowl, which is ready to converge. And by the way, I covered Super Bowl 40 in Detroit. And I'll be down by Radio Row uh, during the week hanging out. And, and I do uh, have access to the Super Bowl, but I think I might watch at home. But the point I'm making is this. I know what this looks like because I saw the world converge on Detroit in 06, and they did a fabulous job. That was Super Bowl 40, the Seahawks and Steelers. And the anticipation is incredible. The energy is incredible. The electricity is incredible. And the money is, you just can't believe. Tickets are now 10000 uh, That's double. You know, I'm, I'm talking about upper, upper bowl, just, just to get in, okay? That's, it's double what it was four years ago. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So big doings in Vegas. Coming up, we'll have Alan Snell, Las Vegas sports business. We're going to talk about the ramifications of the business aspect of the Super Bowl coming to Vegas. And oh, by the way, the godfather line, Mo Green is out at the Tropicana. Well, that's going to have to be altered because now the Tropicana is out. Looks like April 2nd is the day. It shuts for good. Why? To make room for the Oakland A's who are going to be here, oh, in 2028. Big doings in Vegas. You're going to want to hang out and hear about that. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. You know, as the host of the number one rated Polly and Tony Fusco show, we get tons and tons of fan mail every day. Piles of it. In fact, Tony, why don't you open up one of those letters right now and read what's inside? Yeah, listen to this. Dear Polly and Tony, your sports takes are the dumbest and most oh, terrible. Oh, wait, not that wait, one. Wait, uh, Open this other one. Dear Polly and Tony, you suck more than anyone. No, not that wait, one. Wait. Try this one. Dear Polly and Tony, you guys are the absolute best. There you go. As Coming up with the stupidest takes you know what, possible. Just you know what? Forget this. Just listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Come to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, home of Super Bowl 58. Take you to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Now, 20 years ago, I was doing a radio show in Detroit for CBS Radio. And the ad, What Happens Here Stays Here in Las Vegas, was supposed to air on ABC during Super Bowl 37. But the NFL rejected it. 21 years later, the Super Bowl is in Vegas. It's incredulous. Let's bring in a gentleman, Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz, to break it down for you. Alan, are you ready for 350,000 people to descend on our fair city in the next few days? Hey, Bernie. Um, it's, a, it's going to be a fantastic week in Las Vegas. Uh, there's going to be a tsunami of visitors uh, that will be flowing in through our airport. And, you know, the one saving grace, you know, for our market, Bernie, is that we have the infrastructure to handle it. We, you know, the airport is near the strip, and the strip is near the stadium in Mandalay Bay. So, um, it'll be—I uh, think—it'll be a fantastic, fascinating week. And like you mentioned, the NFL uh, having its Super Bowl here in Las Vegas is just uh, obviously a 180-degree turnaround from what things were, like you mentioned. And keep in mind, we've already had the Pro Bowl and also the NFL Draft already, but. You know, the NFL having its premier event in this market is truly a validation of the uh, the complete turnaround. Well, for f- folks really st- sort of need to understand that the Super Bowl is really actually a two-week convention for the NFL, yeah. which culminates in the game on February 11th, that there's no better convention city in the world, for my money, than Las Vegas. But share with the folks some of the amazing statistics I understand the get-in price for a game day in Allegiant Stadium is now top ten thousand dollars. Give some of give, give the folks some of the amazing statistics with respect to the business aspect of the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. Yeah, I have the um, ticket IQ site up right now, and the uh, secondary ticket market shows that the get-in price for this game is seventy-four hundred dollars and seven thousand four hundred one dollars and um, you know, like you mentioned, this is um, going to be a huge week. Um, they're expecting 330,000 people, 350,000 people. What's fascinating, Bernie, is like you said, two things. Number one, the Super Bowl has evolved really into America's midwinter break. And it's really um, a series of corporate parties, social gatherings, and from a business standpoint, you, if you want to do business, you do it during Super Bowl week. And like you said, the game itself is you know, the culmination of basically um, this country 
taking a break in the middle of winter. They're, they've had enough of it. And, um, you know, Las Vegas will definitely be in the rotation for sure. Uh, a really interesting number I found fascinating was that putting on the Super Bowl, regardless of the city, is basically a cottage industry by itself of 150,000 contractors and vendors and NFL staffers and the fans who come in. So that in itself is 150,000 people, um, you know, which I thought was extraordinary. And, you know, the one interesting thing about Las Vegas, as you know, even without a Super Bowl, this town does really well on Super Bowl weekend. Even without the game being hosted, uh, the numbers push 300,000 visitors, Always, which is yes. really impressive. Much like March Madness, which is also huge for Las Vegas, particularly that first four-day weekend, people converge on Las Vegas during the Super Bowl anyway for the parties. So now they'll do the same, and you've got the game here, which should lead to a record-setting handle betting at the sports books. You, you, you would definitely think so. Um, you know, obviously, betting was the reason the NFL stayed away, and now it's the reason. You know, one of the reasons they're here. I mean, it's the betting part of NFL games is part of the entertainment experience for sure, and um, you, you're going to see that up and down the strip. Are you there, Alan? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I just think it's you know the the, the, the sports gambling aspect of this event um, is is you know is part of the experience. I will say this: there are so many other parties and events. You know, you've already, I'm sure people have heard about um, you know Shaq and Gronk, Guy Fieri. Uh, you know, Lee Steinberg's having his big party uh, at the Ahern Boutique. Um, hotel on, on Sahara. So, I mean, to me, what's fascinating from a business standpoint is that there is this whole sub-economy um, that will be uh, in full force during this week. Talking with Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz. So what's interesting is, uh, uh, Alan, they're starting to publish and, and folks, you know, can can figure out uh, where the parties are from, from from Caesar's Palace to Gordon Ramsay's to HyperX Arena in Las Vegas to the Cosmopolitan to the Fountain Blue. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of some of the more notable parties and what people can look forward to? Well, um, there was kind of a really kind of a three-pack there. I thought, uh, you know, Shaq having his deal. Uh, I thought Guy Fieri with his. And uh, Gronk. I mean, they... Uh, that's kind of that's kind of a to me kind of a, a hat trick of parties, and um, you know one of the oldies but goodies and still very strong is uh, Lee Steinberg. You know the um, you know the big sports agent. Last year he rented out a spring training uh, baseball complex, I think in the Scottsdale area, and uh, he had thousands of people there, and you know he is. Uh, he uses his event as a fundraiser, so that will also be you know one of the big uh, classic parties. Uh, UNLV is having a lot of meetings and a lot of sessions um, during the week, so you know UNLV has a very big sports innovation uh, program that will be definitely highlighted this week. And um, 
I saw even a notice for WWE to be having a big event at T-Mobile Arena, I believe, during the week as well uh, to showcase its big yep. um, its big fight show. So, you know, it's if, if you want to do business in this country, Bernie, you need to have some kind of presence in Las Vegas during this week. Talk with Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz. All right, Alan, let's switch gears. Big announcement this past week. The line in the Godfather, Mole Green, is out at the Tropicana. will now have to be changed to the Tropicana is out. I understand April 2nd is the day that they shut down, which will pave the way for the Oakland A's eventually coming to Vegas. Give the folks the latest on that whole ordeal with respect to the timeline on the Oakland A's now. Right. So uh, there was, like you mentioned, a big announcement uh, by by Bailey's. Uh, Bailey's uh, owns... Tropicana, and they informed its staff uh, several days ago that they will be closing April 2nd, like you mentioned. And it's been kind of a, a very hazy process, to tell you the truth, because the people of Las Vegas have not been told um, really much about the, the stadium itself. We, we know it's supposed to be built on these nine acres of a 35-acre site at the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana Avenue, uh, site of the Tropicana Hotel that will be um, demolished later this year. So that's your first milestone would be later this year. Uh, the complete 35 acres will have to be cleared. The Tropicana, very historic, but kind of a hotel that's been kind of having, kind of behind the times, really, uh, sure. will be demolished. And construction is supposed to begin uh, in 2025. Keep in mind, Bernie, that uh, the Oakland Athletics and their um, and their ownership group they've not shared any drawings with the public. Keep in mind that you know this is a sports organization that is receiving three hundred and eighty million dollars in public assistance toward the construction of this one point five billion dollar stadium. The public has not been told um, what kind of roof will there. We you know the public um, Las Vegas has still not been informed about whether this will be a retractable roof, which obviously is much more expensive uh, than a fixed roof. You definitely need a climate-controlled uh, venue because of the Las Vegas summers. And you know, you'd think that uh, the state of Nevada, Clark County, providing $380 million in public dollars toward the construction of this, you know, you'd think the organization would be a little more forthcoming with providing information, as you know. They also um, will be playing their final year at the Coliseum in Oakland in 2024, and they have uh, they made uh, kind of a little field trip to AAA stadiums in uh, Sacramento and Salt Lake City uh, to check out those venues as a potential temporary home for 2025, 26, and 27. And the ultimate timeline, Bernie, is you know they're looking to open a 33 seat. Uh, 33,000 seat stadium in 2028 and like I said people are very curious about what the place even looks like uh, keep in mind the athletics are coming to Las Vegas to play spring training games in early March at their triple A baseball party right, big league weekend right in, yep. right in Summerlin um, so for big league weekend so there has been some talk about perhaps the athletics would use that platform to share the drawings of their stadium on the strip. 
Alan, good stuff as always. I want to get you back in April when the TROP shuts down. We'll look at the ramifications on that and see if we have more information. Thanks so much, Alan. Bernie, have a great week. I'm sure I'll be bumping into you um, down at the Media Center and uh, during the Super Bowl. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks so much, Alan. Appreciate you. That is Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz. Follow him on Twitter at LV Sports Biz. He's got a great website. Very much got his finger on the pulse. You heard him talk about the parties. There are going to be Super Bowl celebrity parties and events leading up to the game, during the game, and even a big one after the game. Yeah, there's actually going to be a, a, a following the game after party, as it were, and a couple of big names hosting that as well. I will share with you the details. You're going to get a kick out of this list. It's a who's who. Yes, Las Vegas truly is the entertainment capital of the world. But first, another entertainer, our guy, the chef, Kevin Wired, with the latest. Yeah, Bernie, huge scoring night in the NBA on Saturday. Steph Curry, 60 points, but it was not enough as the Golden State Warriors lose to the Atlanta Hawks in overtime, 141 to 134. De'Aaron Fox with 41 points as the Sacramento Kings beat the Chicago Bulls 123 to 115. Not so good news, however, for Chicago. Zach Levine going to have foot surgery, so he is out for the remainder of the season. Nets winners against the 76ers 136-121. Cam Thomas with 40 points. The New York Knicks' nine-game winning streak has come to an end as the Los Angeles Lakers make it two straight wins over top four teams in the Eastern Conference, 113-105, as LeBron James had 24 points, Anthony Davis 18 rebounds. The Milwaukee Bucks trailed by 24 points after the first quarter, but they rallied to beat the Mavericks 129-117 as Giannis had 48 points, 10 assists, and 5 steals. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they've made it 5 straight wins, 117-101 against the San Antonio Spurs as Donovan Mitchell threw down 31 points. In the college ranks, number 1, Connecticut, 1 at St. John, 77-64, third ranked North Carolina in that Huge rivalry game against number seven Duke. The Tar Heels win at 93-84. Eighth rate Kansas over number four Houston at 78 to 65. Top 10 matchup in the, the SEC. Saw number five Tennessee beat number 10 Kentucky 103 to 92. And number 18 Baylor taking down number 12 Iowa State on a late jumper 70 to 68. Cincinnati over number 15, Texas Tech, 75-72. And in the Mountain West, it's San Diego State defeating number 17, Utah State, 81-67. And some NFL injury news as the Chiefs designating running back Jarek McKinnon to return from injured reserve. So we'll see how that uh plays out uh, for the Super Bowl coming up a week from tomorrow. Back to you, Bernie. All right, Chef. Keep those pipes warm. I know you will be performing tonight about 1.30 Pacific, as always. Yes, sir. Always a baffle effort by the Chef, uh, Kevin Wired. We've got our full team tonight. Ian Roddy doing a great job. And, of course, Mark Ramsey turning all the dials, hitting all the marks. That's why his name is Mark. Outstanding team to work with. All right. <clears throat> The Super Bowl is a party. It's a two-week convention leading up to a game. And so if you are descending upon Las Vegas this week, uh, and again, you heard Alan talk about Rob Gronkowski. He's throwing what's called, it's it's a beach party. It's going to be called Gronk Beach. I'll give you the details. Guy Fieri is going to be holding a, a tailgate, but this is endless excitement. Concerts, comedy shows, uh, sporting invitations, tailgates, after parties, the NFL experience. 
uh, we don't we don't close here in Vegas. But if that's not enough for you, guess who's performing at Caesar's Palace? Well, she's there tonight, and she'll be here next week, uh, the ninth and tenth before the Super Bowl. None other than Adele will be taking the stage for a pair of shows next weekend, and she had two shows these past couple nights. Yes, Adele. You too, Bono and the whole group, they're performing tonight. They're performing February 7th as well as the 9th and the 10th. Five shows at the MSG Sphere. You've seen the Sphere. And uh, so if, if, you, if you can make it to an Adele show, you can make it to a U2 show as well. How about Christina Aguilera? She'll be at the Voltaire at the Venetian in Las Vegas. She has a 90-minute show that has, I understand, nine outfit changes. She'll do four shows this week, Christina Aguilera. At the Foundation Room in Las Vegas, an authority by the name of Fred Minnick will host an event. Bunch of NFL legends, Vanderpump Rules star. Tom Sandoval will be in attendance. It's going to be called the Fred Minnick and Friends Big Game Bergman. At the TPC Las Vegas, a fabulous golf course here, the Sports Illustrated Invitational. And uh, Baby Rexa, the Chainsmokers, they're going to perform at the party as well. Not enough for you? How about February 8th, Sirius XM Pandora's exclusive concert, the theater at Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas. The headliner will be Colombian singer Maluma. How about the legendary Wu-Tang Clan? The 9th and 10th, also at the theater at the Virgin Hotels, all the members of the group, including Young Dirty Bastard, well, they're going to they're gonna perform both nights. Playboy, how can you have a Super Bowl without Playboy and their Super Bowl party with Tyga? It'll be at Hakkasan Nightclub Friday, February 9th. The main headliner will be Tyga. But, of course, you'll have a full group of Playboy playmates, Playboy bunnies, all the way down the line. At the Blue Live Theater at the Fountain Blue Vegas, one party by Uber, Post Malone. He's expected to headline the event while others will be announced in the coming days this week. At the Resorts World, the Maxim Casino Royale Experience, multiple headliners including 50 Cent and 21 Savage. Not enough for you? The Super Bowl Experience. I, I tell you, this was in Detroit. It's phenomenal. It's a family-friendly experience. It's I don't know how to describe it. It's a Disneyland for football people. You can you you could participate in games. You'll see celebrities. You'll see NFL players. It's it's an experience that gives fans a complete feel of the NFL. Autographs, forty yard dashes against NFL players, a bunch of stuff. That starts February seventh, Wednesday. It'll run four days at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. You heard uh, Alan talk about Shaq. Shaq will be hosting his Funhouse Friday night at the Excess Nightclub at Encore, organized by Shaquille O'Neal. But won't just be him. You'll see Lil Wayne, Diplo, and uh, other host of stars. How about you in for a little comedy next Friday and Saturday night at the Encore Theater at Wynn Las Vegas? Sebastian Maniscalco will headline a couple gigs. You want more comedy? Right down the street at the MGM Theater, Grand Garden Arena, the 9th and 10th, Bert Kreischer, and Tom Segura, they're co-headlining a comedy show called Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer Go Deep. Gronk Beach at the Encore Beach Club at Wynn in Las Vegas. Of course, legend Rob Gronkowski, he'll be featured. Also, Afrojack will be there. And there'll be another special guest who they're keeping secret, hasn't been announced yet. That's Saturday, Gronk Beach at the Encore Beach Club at the Wynn in Las Vegas. 
How about postcards from Earth? Now, this is really interesting. If you've seen the MSG Sphere, this starts tomorrow, and it's going to run three days, and it'll run February 8th, and then also on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it's this immersive film. I understand it, it, this, the special effects and the visuals are incredible. Uh, Darren Aronofsky uh, created this. It's my understanding. He's, you know, Darren Aronofsky, of course, has won, has won Academy Awards. It's it, it's a, a well, it's called Postcard from Earth, and, it, and it's an incredible visual of sights and sounds, and it's it's like a 3D movie. I, I don't even know how to describe it because it's it's technology beyond anything we're used to. That'll be at the MSG Sphere. Back to Guy Fieri, right in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip, right behind the High Roller. That's that big. It looks like the Ferris wheel, but it's it's called the High Roller and the Link Promenade. Along the Link Promenade, there's nothing but restaurants and clubs and entertainment. It's fabulous. On Super Bowl Sunday, heading up to the game, Guy's Flavortown Tailgate, you'll have all kinds of musical performances, food, action, Diplo, country singer Dustin Litch. And oh, by the way, what would this whole event be without an after party? That's right. You head back after the game. The game will probably end oh, about 7 p.m. here, Pacific time. You'll be hearing Arnie and Chris Plank doing their usual five-hour gig during the game. It's going to be called Flippers Roller Boogie Palace Big After Game Party at the Encore Beach Club at Wynn, Las Vegas, hosted by none other than, none other than Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. They were by, 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 you may remember, two years ago, they were the Super Bowl halftime performers. This will be the perfect end of the Super Bowl and the perfect end of the NFL season. Is that enough celebrity for you? Guy Fieri, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Darren Aronofsky, Rob Gronkowski, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, Sebastian Manicalco, Shaquille O'Neal, Lil Wayne, Diplo, the full-blown Super Bowl experience, 50 Cent, 21 Savage, Post Malone, Playboy Bunnies, are you kidding me? Wu-Tang Clan, oh my God, the Chainsmokers, B.B. Rexa, Fred Minnick, Christina Aguilera, U2, and Adele, is that enough for you? There's, there, there'll be even more. But we'll be here all night, which we can if you want to. You know, but you get the picture. You wonder if Las Vegas is the uh, entertainment capital of the world? Oh, yeah. And, oh, by the way, we got the game Sunday. You ain't seen nothing. And we're going to, of course, heavily get into the game uh, next weekend. And we'll have Steve Fezzik back for our annual Super Bowl extravaganza. And the 500, you know, 500 to 1,000 prop bets you can make and the do's and don'ts and how to, you know, have fun and enjoy your day and be profitable as well. The Super Bowl is descending upon Las Vegas. Unreal. Football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, professional better, my buddy Bill Krakenberger. They'll have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's one name I haven't mentioned, been conspicuously left out. Will this individual be here? Hint, hint, she might be dating and hanging with one of the players on the Super Bowl teams. But, but, going to have a long bus ride to get here. Guess what? Looks like they figured it out. I'll give you the details coming up. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com Studios, Las Vegas, the home of Super Bowl 58. 
Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Come to you live from the Tyrac Studios here in Las Vegas, home of Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Top of the hour, little Medina Magic. We dive into the NBA. Always plenty to talk about there. We're four days away from the trade deadline, among other things. Did you know that with Taylor Swift, and I, we're going to get into this next weekend in the midnight hour, there's still so many people that hate this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey phenomenon. Why? What, really? Check yourself before you wreck yourself, man. If that's really, If that triggers you, you need to lay down with a cold compress, get yourself some warm milk and soft music, and hopefully it goes away, you know, Maybe just shake it off. Shake it off, you know, if you've got bad blood. So see what I did there? I'm not a Swifty, but, you know, I've been around the block once or twice. Did you know that when Taylor Swift attends Chiefs games this year, they're 9-3, and three, and uh, Travis Kelsey is catching, uh, he's averaging about 80 yards a game receiving, uh, and uh, that's pretty good for a tight end. By the way, in the, in the, in the three playoff victories, in which Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift's been for all of them. He's had 23 receptions, average of 88 yards per game. Those are phenomenal numbers for a tight end. So I really believe it behooves the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey for Taylor Swift to be in attendance at the Super Bowl. But she's busy. You may have heard, she's got a job. And even though she's become a staple 
of Chiefs games this season, supporting her boo, Travis Kelsey, as they head toward the biggest game. It looked like it was recent, recently, it might be unclear that, that Taylor Swift would, would make it because she plays a concert the night before halfway across the world. You see, Taylor Swift resumed her Eras tour on Wednesday at the Tokyo Dome. She's playing a four-night stint in Japan. And just as she scheduled shows on the U.S. leg of the tour, well, she's got several days of downtime before her next set in Melbourne. But here's the kicker. Taylor Swift may have a concert on Saturday night, but it's really Friday night in Tokyo. So here's the dealio. If Taylor Swift hops on a plane immediately after her final show in Japan, well, remember, do the math. Vegas is 17 hours behind Tokyo, and the flight takes about 12 hours. That would land her here in Las Vegas, good news, Saturday night about 5 p.m. Pacific time. That leaves plenty of time for Taylor Swift to, you know, do what she does and be ready for the 3.30 kickoff Sunday in Las Vegas. And then she's got to get back on a plane. She's got a show in Australia Friday. Other than that, not much happening. By the way, you know, you need to kind of be in shape to do this. you got to really be fit. And uh, from what I understand, Taylor Swift's workouts are legendary. I got, you know, I've not been to a Swifty concert. Don't plan on going to any, but... Uh, I understand her three hours. She doesn't have any significant breaks or intermissions. She does a lot of moving. She sings the entire set. But I guess to train for that, what she does is she sings her entire set on a treadmill every day to stay in shape, every day. And then for the upbeat songs, she runs on the treadmill and sings the upbeat songs, and then she lowers to a jog or a speed walk for the slower songs. That is your Taylor Swift update. Good news. She'll be in town Saturday. 5 p.m., plenty, plenty of time to get ready for the kickoff Sunday at 3.30, cheering on her boo, Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up, we dive into the NBA. More LeBron stupidity. Who, who better to bring it to us than Mark Medina? Little Medina magic. Keep it locked. Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. That's right. You heard the man the Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, it's February, so it must be LeBron James' passive-aggressive time. We are four days away from the trade deadline and much, much more. That's why every week at this time at midnight on Saturday, yep, it's that time. Our guy, Mark Medina, Fox Sports Radio, NBA guru, joins us to connect the dots, predict the future, and bring us wisdom you will only find on the Bernie Fratto Show. Mark, how are you, buddy? Uh, I am doing well. I got a good laugh out of your uh, line saying it's LeBron passive-aggressive time. It's also coded emoji time on Twitter. <laughs> Let's start there. How does this start to where you have to have Rich Paul reaching out saying we're not asking to be traded and he's not going to be traded, but we all know anything's possible with LeBron, even though I, I don't think he's going to be traded. But, you know, come on. Your, your thoughts on that whole thing will get off it. Yeah, it's just so middle schoolish. I mean, he was even asked 
to clarify what he meant by the tweet, and he declined to say anything. Right. So it's just ridiculous. So respect LeBron as a player, respect him as a leader, but you know one of the weaknesses is you know doing these things behind the scenes or you know posting passive aggressive messages on social media. And you know when he talks to people around the league, they have the same interpretations we do. Some think it is you know him saying, "Hey, time's running out for us to turn things around." Um, you know, I have an expiration date as far as my career goes. Uh, message to the front office, do something before the trade deadline. But the reality is I do give LeBron credit for how well he's played on the court this season. But, you know, if he wants to shake some trees, uh, you know, do those things behind closed doors with your actual team and not on social media. Not that we have to unpack it tonight, Mark, but at some point we should have the conversation. What is the Lakers' succession plan? LeBron can be a free agent this summer, but I think the odds of him leaving L.A. at this point are slim. But he's only got two years left on his contract, so if the Lakers don't want to end up in a Shohei Otani-like situation, they might have to do something. And I'm securing the knowledge they're not going to win a championship this year or next year. What does the end game look like with LeBron? Well, I think their end game is that as long as he's playing at this level, they still have a chance to win a championship. Now, I remember talking to Jeannie Buss last summer about the idea of what would it mean for her for her if LeBron James retires a Laker. And she obviously said it would mean a lot, but she also um, – you know, conceded the possibility that might not happen, but that if he does leave, they would still view him in high uh, regards. She said that LeBron James's jersey is going to get retired regardless. As far as like succession plan goes, the hope is that he plays out the remainder of his contract. But they're trying to have Anthony Davis become the face of the franchise. I mean, ever since he signed on board with them in 2019, the idea was that. LeBron will be the guy now, but it's about grooming AD for the post-LeBron era. And there's been, you know, mixed progress with that. But I think in fairness to AD this season, he's been mostly healthy and mostly dominant. But, you know, I think what LeBron does, and he said, you know, uh, earlier today to reporters that he doesn't know what he'll do with his player option. As much as it is about what do the Lakers do as far as their championship window and, you know, how they improve their roster, I also think it's about how LeBron feels about himself. If he's playing at a high level, I can see himself thinking, you know what, I'm going to prioritize still trying to win a championship. But if at some point Father Time gives him uh, uh, some doses of reality this season, that's tough cough medicine. Maybe he just thinks, you know what, the time's up. It's not about chasing rings and going to the best team that will give me the best odds of doing that. Let's just ride this out and enjoy the farewell tour. Um, so, yeah, lots can happen between now and then, and it should be interesting, to say the least. All right, let's uh, move on because we're four days from the trade deadline, and I've tried to do my homework. It's my understanding the Lakers are still talking to Atlanta about a DeJounte Murray trade, but what Kai Bosch is that, I'm pretty sure the Hawks aren't interested in D'Angelo Russell. As a matter of fact, the fans, they sounded like the King family the other night. We don't want you. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. That's got to be a little rough on the ego. So uh, the bottom line is this is what I'm hearing. Uh, the Lakers have some level of interest in players like Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, DeJounte Murray. What do you expect to happen between now and Thursday with respect to the Lakers? 
Um, it could go one or two ways that they stay pat or they make, you know, a marginal move as far as gain a rotation player. You mentioned so, some possibilities. Uh, I'm wondering if they decide, you know what, let's try to bolster our front court, especially because Jared Vanderbilt's, uh, you know, out with a significant injury. Can they get yes. someone like Jeremy Grant from Portland? Um, so I think the problem is the Lakers know that they have a lot of needs when it comes to the three-point shooting, perimeter shooting, some front court depth, um, but they don't have a lot of assets to offer. And I think inevitably D'Angelo Russell is going to be part of that as well as their first-round pick. But to what you were saying, they don't know what kind of interest D'Angelo will have. And the first-round pick, I think that they're willing to give give it so long as it's a move that will seriously give them a better shot to win a championship. But if it's just a lateral move, I think the the Lakers are going to wonder, what's the point? Let's try to rebuild, or not rebuild, but get uh, better pieces this offseason when they'll have more tools in their toolbox uh, as far as assets go. So, yeah, and, and I would also say with the Lakers, where they're at are very much in line with what this whole landscape looks like. You know, talking to people this week, it very much feels like there's not going to be a lot of huge moves and it might just be status quo. Part of it's because of what I mentioned about the Lakers and some other teams not really having a lot of assets. But the other thing is, you know, there a lot of the trades have already been made. You know, keep in mind, Damian Lillard was traded before the season started. Then James Harden, you know, OG Adenobi and Pascal Siakam, the Raptors traded them a few weeks ago. So there's not major dominoes here. And then I think the other thing is, you know, some other teams will stand pat. You know, I I was hearing that the Washington Wizards, for example, like they're more likely to want to keep Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Poole, and Tyus Jones and just collect assets around them as opposed to trading any of those pieces. I won't be surprised if other teams uh, feel the same way. Talk with Mark Medina, Medina Magic, every Saturday at midnight on the Bernie Fratto Show, our Fox Sports Radio guru. So you read my mind. You know, wasn't that awfully long ago that I stood courtside and watched Kyle Kuzma here in the Summer League in Vegas trying to make a squad? Now he might be the best player left at the trade deadline. I've heard the Wizards will trade him, but they're asking for two first-round picks. Now, I don't think Sacramento's going to give that up. I think they like Kuzma. I don't think Dallas Mavericks are going to give them up. They desperately need more help on the wing. But I got a funny feeling there's a deal to be made there. Your thoughts on Kyle Kuzma, where he could end up? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, uh, my sense is they'll certainly listen, but my sense is that they'll also say no thanks. As much okay, as- okay. As much as the Wizards are, you know, not good right now, they're at the top, at bottom of the standings, I think that they're convinced, at least in the short term, that their better play is build around those three players, uh, you know, continue to see their improvement. They're still young. Um, see where they can uh, collect assets with other guys and, uh, you know, maybe be a mechanism for absorbing salary or, uh, and all that. But... I would be surprised if they deal Kyle Kuzma because I think that they they don't see him as like you know this generational talent. Like let's not get that twisted. But they think that he he's a good winning player, and at this point they want to just build around those young players and then go from there. All right, let's let's go around the league a little bit more. These are this is what I'm hearing in terms of the players that are drawing interest. I hear the Nets are getting lots of calls about Mikel Bridges. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think they're getting a lot of calls, but I also think they're saying no thanks. You know, I right. actually mentioned this to Mikhail Bridges a few weeks ago when the Nets were in L.A., and he said, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, I think that he's very well aware that he didn't think he would get traded when he was at the Phoenix Suns, but when, you know, they had an opportunity to get Kevin Durant, he totally understood that, uh, you know, he was a casualty for that. But I don't think the Nets would trade him, uh, even though it's a much different dynamic that he's inheriting where he's like the number one guy on the team because Ben Simmons has been mostly hurt and the rest of the team is just a bunch of either good rotation players or young players. They do like how he plays on both ends of the floor. They like his leadership, and so I think that they would like to keep him because he can be part of a winning team in the future. All right, moving along. I understand uh, Marcus Smart is getting a lot of attention, but the Grizzlies aren't interested. I understand the books really tried. The Lakers would be smart to see if they could get a mark. Well, see what I did there? I didn't mean to do that. A little uh, pun intended. Keep your server well here. (laughs) Two shows Saturday. Don't forget to try the semi-boneless spaghetti. All right, could the Lakers get Marcus Smart? What are the chances of that? I doubt it. I think that even though the Grizzlies, they made a trade with Steven Adams, um, I think that they should keep Marcus Smart. The reality is um, they're not going to be good the rest of the season because John Morant's out, but all they have to do is play the waiting game, and he'll be back next season. And you want to have someone like Marcus Smart on that team because he's a really good veteran. He can hold guys accountable, and he's also he also epitomizes what the Grizzlies culture has all been about about you know being good def- uh, being good on defense, being a grinder, and uh, yeah, I mean it wouldn't make sense for them to trade him, but I, I guess it doesn't hurt if teams want to try and give their sales pitch. Now, I've been extremely impressed with what the Minnesota Timberwolves have done this season. I'm guessing you would agree with that. Fair? Yeah, very So, fair. So here's why I bring that up, because it's my understanding if they can get some point guard depth behind Mike Conley, I don't think they can get Tyus Jones. But what about maybe a Monte Morris from Detroit or a Bones Highland from the Clippers? Do you have a chance to see a potential deal there? Well, here's where I'm skeptical about Minnesota, not just because you know, why uh, Why uh, break something that's you know, isn't broken, right? Or whatever that old adage is. Don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't broken, fix it. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. They don't have a lot of draft capital to work with. Um, so I would be surprised if they make moves. Same with the Clippers, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think what's fascinating is technically the Celtics and the Thunder, they are probably the teams that are most equipped to make moves, you know, Boston has first-round picks for the 20-27 NBA draft. The Thunder, they have 14 first-round picks and 22 second-round picks through 2030. But they're at the top of the standings. Same old idea. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But they technically are in the driver's seat as teams that can make the most moves because they have the most draft picks to work with. But you know, usually the teams that are most active in the trade deadline are those teams that, um, you know, are uh, that are buyers that feel like, hey, we're just one or two pieces away to be in serious contention. And then the sellers that are, you know, clearly in rebuild mode and they're just trying to get rid of everything um, to, to stock their chest here. So I think outside of all the – I think when you connect all these dots here – I think it could be just a lot of stagnant activity and a lot of phone calls that just don't lead anywhere. Sure. It happens like that some years. 
Uh, finally, quick question. It's my understanding that the Warriors offered Clay Thompson a two-year extension at $48 million before the year, and he turned it down. Do you think he regrets that? I didn't hear that. I mean, that's not to say it isn't true, but um, I think that, you know, Clay, uh, he w- has wanted to see how his season would play out um, because of uh, his belief in himself. I think the Warriors have also wanted to do the same thing, more to just be very mindful that they're dealing with a very significant payroll. So, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard that they offered extensions. I know talking to Clay before the beginning of last season, he said it was his hope that he, you know, his representatives in the front office would start talking, but they haven't. Um, so he was just resigned to the fact that he would just wait till he's a free agent. So, that's not to say it hasn't happened, but I would also be surprised if that was the case. I'll make one prediction, and, you know, it's I'm just throwing stuff against the wall. I got a funny feeling the Warriors will do a deal with the Mavericks, and they'll move Andrew Wiggins, who I think they want to move. Who do they get in return if that deal were to happen? <laughs> I don't know why the Mavericks would get him Uh or would want him. Uh, you know, they would have to give up a lot of depth. And well, what, well, I think he's a, he's a small forward that can provide him some stability. He can also play power forward. Well, I mean, no, he's that, not a star anymore, but that, that that that's fair. And he can be a good defender. But I think that you know one of the lessons that Dallas encountered last season when they got Kyrie Irving is that Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic can be a really good duo together, but they need to have defensive reinforcements. And again, like Andrew Wiggins is a good wing defender, but they also want to have good front court defenders. So I don't think Dallas would go for that. And I think for the Warriors, technically everyone except for Steph Curry is on the table. Mm-hmm. I think when you get down to the nitty-gritty, they've resigned themselves that they're better off staying put than making changes because whatever changes they do make, they feel it's just going to create more problems and solve them. And they also have, you know, some relative optimism that with Chris Paul coming back at some point and Gary Payton the second, that they'll much be much better than they have been for most of the season. And it might be, you know, them just remembering what they have accomplished, but. They also think that Draymond will be better now that he's back. And in fairness, he has played well, but as far as his behavior goes, and they feel like it's always any given night that Claire Wiggins or both can uh, play more consistently. So that, that's where it's at with them. Well, Mark, great stuff. Uh, next Saturday at this time, the trade deadline will, will be behind us. Do you have anything that you expect to happen? Uh, it's a little weird this year. It seems a little light. Yeah, I mean, as I was saying before, I think it's going to be a lot of texts and phone calls that lead to really nothing. I mean, I think that there's going to be deals. Uh, I mean, that, it always happens, but I think the deals, there's not going to be anything that changes the landscape. It's not going to involve any star players, you know, especially the fact that Zach Levine, for example, the Bulls announced that he's going to have surgery. So he's out of the mix, and he probably already was out of the mix. I don't think the Bulls are going to trade Caruso or DeRozan. Maybe the Hawks trade DeJounte Murray, but I don't think he's going to the Lakers. Maybe he goes to the Spurs. So I think when we're talking about all these things, again, the viewers should probably connect the dots here that it's not going to be a lot of changes, but 
we'll have a lot to unpack next week, and we'll see where both of us were right and where both of us were wrong. It'll be fun. <laughs> All right, Mark. Appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll look forward to getting you back on next Saturday night. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you. That is Mark Medina, a little Medina magic every Saturday night at midnight on the Bernie Fratter Show. Mark, of course, is our Fox Sports Radio guru when it comes to all things NBA, and certainly you can see he has his finger on the pulse. Tonight, shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. Ian Roddy will get that done. Does a great job. If you've missed any of tonight's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow, rate, review the podcast. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll see this show posted right after we get off the air. Coming up, the coaching carousel is complete. All eight are filled. Bottom of the hour, we're going to give our takeaways on that. However, Bill Belichick is unemployed. Why? What have we heard? I'll share it with you. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, home of Super Bowl 58. Keep it locked. You're listening to The Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Headline: Bill Belichick is unemployed. Eight coaching hires. If your name is Bill Belichick, step forward. Uh, nope, didn't get one. Everybody thought it was going to be Atlanta. Not so much. So when the Washington Commanders hired Cowboys D.C. Dan Quinn as head coach the other day, well, that shut down the NFL coaching carousel for 2024. That meant 
Again, the following headline is true. Nobody hired Bill Belichick, arguably the best coach in league history. On one hand, yeah, I get it. He's 72. He's only 29 and 38 in the Tom Brady, post-Tom Brady era. So why would an NFL franchise looking toward the future lean into the past? Why? Well, it's simple. He's still Bill Belichick. 15 victories shy of the all-time wins record. Still a defensive He's still a defensive genius, a savant. As you've heard me say before, the two Super Bowls Bill Parcells won. Again, top credit to Parcells. Bill Belichick was his defensive coordinator. Shut down a potent John Elway team and shut down the K-Gun offense with Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills. He's won more Super Bowls than any other coach, and he couldn't get a job? I think it's a storyline. It's been underreported. But I did a little digging, and here's what I heard. Not surprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, turns out Atlanta was really the only, the only organization that showed real legitimate interest in Bill Belichick. And Arthur Blank, who's 82 years old and would like to win a Super Bowl, and who's gone big-name hunting before when it comes to coaches, tried to hire Joe Gibbs once. He gelled with Bill Belichick, but from what we're hearing, Belichick's relationship with other front office members in Atlanta was a little chilly, which leads to a larger issue. Turns out, allegedly, Bill Belichick very much resisted giving up complete control over football operations. He'd always had that autonomy during his entire 24-year tenure with New England. That scared teams away. And I think if you look at some of the weird personnel moves over the last few seasons in New England, tough to argue that, right? So there's also sort of this perceived stubbornness about Bill, Bill Belichick in, 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 around the league, in league circles, as it were. Apparently, some teams were relieved that Bill Belichick would not be their head coach simply because he would have wanted to reshape the front office. A little later in the show, I will share with you if Bill Belichick, well, he didn't get a coaching job this year, but I think there could be as many as eight openings next year. So you can't write off Bill Belichick just yet. I really believe that. However... Now that the eight coaching vacancies have been filled, what are our thoughts? What are our takeaways? What are our observations? I'll have that coming up. But first, let's go back to our guy, the chef, Kevin Wyatt, with the latest. Yeah, Bernie, lots of players making it rain in the NBA on a Saturday. We saw a 60-point performance from Steph Curry, although the Warriors did lose to the Atlanta Hawks, 141-134 in overtime. 41 points from De'Aaron Fox and the Kings victorious against the Bulls. 123 to 115. Cam Thomas, 40 points as the Nets beat the 76ers, 136-121. Giannis attempted to Kupo, 48 points as the Bucks rally from a 24-point deficit to beat the Mavericks, 129-117. Donovan Mitchell, 31 points as the Cavaliers make it five straight wins in a 117-101 victory against the San Antonio Spurs. The Knicks, they were on a nine-game winning streak, but that comes to an end at Madison Square Garden on Saturday as the Lakers take him down 113-105. LeBron James with 24 points. Anthony Davis with 18 rebounds. In the college ranks, big rivalry game. Number three, North Carolina. Number seven, Duke. The Tar Heels win it 93-84. Top rank, UConn over St. John, 77-64. to 
Eighth ranked Kansas beats number four Houston 78-65 in the SEC. It's number five Tennessee winning at number 10 Kentucky 103-92. to Number 18 Baylor beats number 12 Iowa State on a late jumper 70-68. to Cincinnati wins at number 15 Texas Tech 75-72. And San Diego State over number 17, Utah State, 81-67. And NFL news as the Chiefs going to designate Jarek McKinnon to return from injury reserve. So we'll see uh, what his availability uh, will be for the Super Bowl. He's been dealing with a groin injury. Back to you, Bernie. All right, thanks, Chef. Hour away from another performance. All right, so Thursday brought the news that the Washington Commanders had agreed to terms to hire Dan Quinn. I told you. Everybody said after that, well, it wasn't exactly a great farewell in Dallas with that final defensive performance in the playoffs, but I, I try to tell people, look, it doesn't work that way in the NFL. The guys had an NFL head coaching job. I mean, what, what do I mean it doesn't work that way? That he didn't shoot himself in the foot. I have people tweeting at me. Well, I wonder how many jobs he screwed himself up. There are four teams still interested. One day, one, one day is not a season make. And, uh, you know, it's like my joke about George Clooney walking around the mall with his fly down that one day. Well, it didn't screw the rest of his career up. It's one day. Dan Quinn got a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's 44 and 43. He's very respected around the league. So if you thought Dan Quinn shot himself in the foot because of a bad defensive performance, check yourself. Not true. And he got a job in Washington. He takes over for Ron Rivera, who was only 26 and 40 with one playoff appearance in, in four seasons. And uh, look, uh, it was time for a change, right? So these are your new coaches Dan Quinn, Washington, Brian Callahan, Tennessee, Dave Canales. Guy I've got, a, got an eye on. I, I like him a lot. He's got a very interesting story. He'll head to Carolina and work with Bryce Young. Jim Harbaugh, of course, the Los Angeles Chargers. Mike McDonald, not to be confused with Michael McDonald, the Doobie Brothers. He'll head to Seattle. He's a defensive whiz. Washington, uh, Baltimore for nine years with a one-year stop in Michigan, so he'll work for both Harbaugh brothers. Gerard Mayer will take over for Bill Belichick in New England, Raheem Morris in Atlanta. Excellent hire, I think. And Antonio Pierce of the Las Vegas Raiders, another excellent hire. So, again, both Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel were, well, ostensibly shut out of the process. They were the two highest-profile coaches on the market. You've got Bill Belichick, a living legend, six Super Bowl rings, 333 career victories. Falcons had him before an in-person interview. They were the only team to show interest. Meanwhile, Mike Vrabel, 54-45 and 45 with three playoff appearances in six years. He interviewed with the Falcons, Panthers, and Chargers. But I think they both might have had the same malady, as it were, they wanted to have heavy input on, if not the final say, on roster personnel, and that, I think, may have cost both of them. Do I think they'll both be back coaching in 2025? I do. There seems to be this groupthink echo chamber narrative, well, Bill Belichick can't possibly take a year off and come back. He'll be a year older. Yeah, yeah, he will be a year older. Sure. He'll, he hasn't forgotten how to coach. A little later in the show, I'm going to talk about where those possibilities might be. But let's take a look across the board. Three of the eight-year... Uh, Slow down. Three of this year's openings, three of the eight openings, well, they all went to guys with prior NFL head coaching experience. Remember, Raheem Morris was Tampa Bay's head coach from 2009 to 2011. He was also the interim coach at the Falcons in 2020. Did a good job. Arthur Blank remembered that, brought him back. So he takes over for Dan Quinn, who was fired 
amid his sixth season with Atlanta. Meanwhile, Jim Harbaugh, remember he coached the 49ers for four seasons, left in 2014, left to coach at Michigan. Now, the Chargers view Harbaugh as a perfect fit for this roster that's got plenty of talent, but they've truly underachieved. But when you look at the experience and leadership of Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris heading to Washington, Atlanta, respectively, those teams have young rosters, and I think they will benefit from their leadership. They're both going to run a tight ship, more than you think. Now, a couple of, I think, hires that fall under the unconventional category, Antonio Pierce and Gerard Mayo. That doesn't mean they both can't have success. I told you, Antonio Pierce took over as the interim after the Josh McDaniels debacle, and that team played very hard for him. It wasn't just the first couple weeks. It was all nine weeks. It made sense to bring him back. And I think, of course, Mark Davis might still be just a little bit raw after not bringing back Rich Passaccia two years ago and uh, bringing in the disaster known as, as Josh McDaniels. By the way, Antonio Pierce was the Raiders linebacker coach two years ago and uh, for eight games this year before being promoted interim head coach. He's the first interim coach since Doug Marone took over for the Jaguars in 2017. He gets the full-time job. Now, Jared Mayo, he had been the Patriots' linebacker's coach for the last five years. He's kind of been the coach in waiting, and, and it, you know, since it was inevitable at some point Bill Belichick would leave. So when Belichick and the team parted ways last month, Mayo was installed just a few days later. So those hires represent kind of a shift in focus by the owners. It's uncommon for a candidate without coordinator experience to receive a head coaching consideration, let alone just get the job. But as I said, Raiders owner Mark Davis, he clearly valued Antonio Pierce's leadership skills, and they were very evident. Pierce won 5-4 and four as the interim coach, but he so completely and thoroughly earned the respect of his players and the locker room that even Max Crosby basically said that he might demand a trade if Pierce didn't receive the promotion. It just made too much sense. It really did. Meanwhile, Robert Kraft, I think he very, in very much the same way, valued the leadership traits uh, that Gerard Mayer has shown and his strong character and his history. And, of course, he was also a Pro Bowl linebacker for the Patriots in five seasons. And then he was a linebacker coach and an assistant coach. So Kraft hands the keys to Mayo, despite, you'd have to admit, very limited experience. One of the other interesting things that cropped up, you're constantly hearing Colin Coward saying, you got to hire offensive coaches. Well, I don't know, maybe he's not wrong. I mean, 9 of the 14 coaches or 11 of the 14 that made the playoffs this year are offensive minds. I think Kyle Shanahan's an offensive mind. Certainly Andy Reid's an offensive mind. But having said that, you're a CEO. So I think regardless of what, what side of the ball you come from, it's – it's the leadership aspect that's going to define whether or not you can oversee an organization from a CEO perspective. See, ever since Sean McVay burst into the whole NFL scene with the Rams in 2017 and basically made them a contender overnight, and after Kyle Shanahan basically did the same thing with the 49ers the same season, owners have, well, it's a copycat league. Owners have really looked to how can we – Let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's get ourselves another bright offensive mind to fill the whole, you know, head coaching vacancies. So in the last, what, five years, there have been 42 head coaching openings. 25 of them went to offensive coaches. But this year, there was a shift. 
defensive coach, uh, coaches dominated this uh, hiring cycle. Antonio Pierce, Gerard Mayo, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, and Mike McDonald, they, they all are defensive guys by trade. And interestingly enough, they're going to teams where at least most of these teams need to draft a quarterback. I'm not saying Seattle does, but so Dave Canales and Bill, uh, uh, and not Bill Callahan, uh, well, I'll get back to it. The bottom line is they were both offensive coordinators before they got their head coaching gives. And I think you would put very much put Jim Harbaugh on the offensive side as well as an offensive coach. But uh, believe it or not, a lot of the other offensive coaches that people that made the A-list, okay, guys like Kellen Moore and Eric Bieniemy and Brian Johnson, Thomas Brown, they're all considered future potential head coaches. They might have scared owners off for whatever reason. And if you really are, listen, this makes my case more than anything. D'Amico Ryans has been a defensive guy his whole life, a linebacker at Alabama, a phenomenal defensive coordinator in San Francisco, takes over for the Houston Texans. Everybody said that that was a job earmarked for failure. I cannot say enough things of good things about D'Amico Ryans. If D'Amico Ryans, for crying out loud, does not win Coach of the Year, just cancel the damn award. I know that Dan Campbell did a hell of a job, but the Lions were projected to win their division. And he had C.J. Stroud. So, listen, if you're D'Amico Ryans, and he hired, he, D'Amico Ryans was smart enough to hire Bobby Slowick, which is my point. If you're a CEO, part of it is assembling a staff. Together, I'm convinced that a lot of C.J. Stroud's success is due to D'Amico Ryans as well, and his calm demeanor, and his leadership, and his communicative abilities. And then, of course, Bobby Slowick, uh, very much constructed an offensive system with all kinds of creativity that allowed a guy with C.J. Stroud's talents to to uh, flourish. So that, I think, gave owners pause and dispelled the myth that a young passer and a brand-new quarterback and a rookie quarterback can only succeed if there's an offensive-minded coach. C.J. Stroud, to me, already achieved greatness his first year in the National Football League. Coming up, we're going to continue with my observations. There was a real youth movement. And you're seeing former players as coaches. And we'll talk about the diversity improvement as well as the coaching cycle comes to an end. And, yes, Bill Belichick wasn't hired, but I wouldn't write him off just yet. We're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Don't go away. You're listening to The Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, back in the Bernie Fratter Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. We continue on with the observations, the takeaways, the analysis, now that the eight openings in the NFL uh, have been completed with Dan Quinn the other day. One of the other headlines, I think, is that the youth movement continues. Uh, you go back six, seven years, still teams might be looking for that next, quote, Sean McVay type, even though they don't admit it. But it's clear younger coaches do appeal to most owners and team presidents for a simple reason. It's perceived that their ability to relate to players is more sound currently. Perhaps fresh ideas, culturally, whatever the case may be. Mike McDonald, who joins the Seattle uh, Seahawks after nine years in Baltimore with one stop at the University of Michigan, worked for both Harbaugh brothers. He becomes the youngest active head coach, 36 years old. Gerard Mayo at New England is only 37. Callahan, 39. Canales, 42. Now, Raheem Morris is 47, but if you hear him and watch him, he's still very youthful, very charismatic, does not project age at all. Jim Harbaugh, 60, still plenty of energy. He's now tied with Mike McCarthy and Todd Bowles as the third oldest coaches in the league behind Andy Reid, who's 65, John Harbaugh, 61, and oh, by the way, Dan Quinn at 53. He's tied with Matt Eberflus in Chicago for eighth. One of the other things you saw this year, former players as coaches becoming, uh, getting hired. Antonio Pierce, he played inside linebacker for Washington and the New York Giants over, uh, over a period of nine seasons. He made a Pro Bowl. He won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Gerard Mayo played inside linebacker for eight seasons in New England. He earned first-team All-Pro honors once. He also was named to a Pro Bowl team a couple times, won one Super Bowl under Bill Belichick. Jim Harbaugh played quarterback 14 years in the National Football League with the Bears, Colts, and Chargers. He got to one Pro Bowl. So that those three hires brings the number of head coaches with NFL playing experience to 10. It's about third of the league, right? So you get D'Amico Ryans, who played in the NFL. Sean Payton, yeah, Sean Payton, yeah, he played in the NFL, believe it or not. He was a defensive back. Dan Campbell. I remember when he was a tight end with the Lions back in 2007, second year, second of the last year I covered the team. Doug Peterson was a was a quarterback in the National Football League. Kevin O'Connell 
plus Zach Taylor and Dennis Allen. Well, they were practice squad players, but hey, work with me, okay? Uh, finally, diversity improvement. Uh, the NFL appears to be making some progress on diversity hiring. Raheem Morris, Gerard Mayo, Antonio Pierce, they're all black. Uh, Dave Canales is Mexican-American. And when you have uh, four coaches hired in one cycle, that's a record. And this uh, follows years, I think, of many uh, seasons where perhaps minorities were denied authentic consideration for the top jobs in the NFL. And so a uh, good year in, in that department, I believe. Nine of the 32 head coaching positions now belong to men of diverse backgrounds. Raheem Morris, Gerard Mayo, Antonio Pierce, Dave Canales, uh, Todd Bowles. By the way, I thought Todd – why didn't Todd Bowles get more credit this year in Tampa Bay? How does that fly under the radar? How do you not like that guy? He, he did an outstanding job. And look at the way he handled a knucklehead reporter who talked about going to Detroit and playing in the elements. And Baker Mayfield did well under And he's a defensive guy. And let's not forget, while we're on the Todd Bowles bandwagon, which and I like Todd Bowles a lot, he was the architect of the defense that completely stifled Patrick Mahomes four years ago when Tampa Bay won. Uh, Mike Tomlin, Robert Sala, you get the, you get the picture, right? So uh, this is something that Roger Goodell has talked about, the sought ways to improve the front office diversity, improve coaching diversity in recent years. They've expanded the Rooney Rule that requires teams to now conduct in-person interviews with at least two external minority candidates for not only head coaching but general manager positions. So all good. It's all good, and this coaching cycle is now in the books. But you heard me mention it. Just because Bill Belichick isn't working now doesn't mean he's not going to be next year. I will share with you potential landing spots. And if you work with me, I think you'll see that, yeah, there's some merit. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from Las Vegas. Keep it locked. The Bernie Fratto Show. Well, that's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We are coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, home of Super Bowl 58. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping. Free road hazard protection and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, so you won't have Bill Belichick to kick around in 2024. First time in 49 years, he will not be gracing an NFL sideline for any reason. Began his career in 1975 with the Detroit Lions as just a young'un. He was like 23 years old. But. I think if Bill Belichick wants another coaching job, a head coaching job, remember he's only 15 shy of overtaking Don Shula as the all-time wins record. I do not think you can write him off in 2025. So use your imagination, work with me, and think. Because I'll lay out some teams, and while I'm not making any predictions, what I am saying is you really can't rule any of these teams out yeah, maybe one of them, if the dominoes fall a certain way. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, when the Cowboys blew it again in the wild card round last month, it was easy to envision Jerry Jones sending a quick note to Bill Belichick and saying, just hop on the next plane, let's do this. Instead, not surprising to me at all, Jones is keeping Mike McCarthy around for one more year. It's fifth year of his contract. It's his last year. 
Now, Bill Belichick does have a relationship with Jerry Jones over the years, and it's not outrageous to think Jones could make a big-name splash if McCarthy exits, which I expect Dallas to screw the pooch again next year. Just who they are, man. It's their DNA. Great regular season team. That and 30 cents will get you a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. Be that as it may, Jerry Jones isn't getting any younger. Would, would Jerry Jones bring in Bill Belichick with what he would perceive to be as a Super Bowl-ready roster? You can't rule it out. Gun to my head? Probably not. Because I can't see those two coexisting. Bill, Bill Bella, or Jerry Jones likes subservient coaches. He kept Jason Garrett around. Good guy. Seven, eight years. Kept you know Mike McCarthy now five. He did the Chan Gailies. You saw what happened with Jimmy Johnson. Remember, Jerry not only wants to win a Super Bowl, he wants to win it on his terms. I mean, if he could make some Faustian deal or Jerry, you're guaranteed to win a Super Bowl in 2024, 25. But you got to bring back Jimmy Johnson one more time. I don't think he'd do it. He wants to win on his terms. So, to that end, could you rule out Bill Belichick? Most likely. But 100%? No. I would. Remember, desperate people do desperate things. Jerry's not getting any younger. I think he might get desperate. How about the New York Giants? This would be a full circle situation. Bill Belichick won his first two Super Bowls as an assistant. He was the defensive coordinator on Bill Parcell's staff with the Giants. He left on very good terms. He has an appreciation for the New York Giants franchise, and that hasn't always happened when Bill Belichick left other jobs. Now, Brian Dable, he's returning for a third season, but he may have been 2022 Coach of the Year. He's coming off a 6-11 year, and he had to replace two coordinators. If it doesn't go well, could there be an opening for Bill Belichick? Sure. Would it happen? I don't know. Again, these are possibilities. How about the Cleveland Browns? Well, this would be a real full circle moment. How about a reunion? Bill Belichick, he got his first head coaching gig in 1991. Now, I think Kevin Stefanski did an outstanding job last year. First NFL coach in history to win games with four different starting quarterbacks. After Deshaun Watson went down, he ended up with Joe Flacco, and I like Joe Flacco, but if you listen to the group Think Echo Chamber, they acted like the guy was so old his blood type was discontinued. But he stepped on the field and did well. But here's, here's the thing. This is going to be the fifth season for Kevin Stefanski as the head man. And if it concludes without going to the playoffs with that roster or it concludes without a playoff win, you can't rule out Belichick. Again, you've got a, you've got a hell of a roster there. Now, the Chicago Bears, they need stability. They've had four coaches in the last 10 years. Belichick's not going to be a long-term answer for anyone. You would expect three years tops, I think. But he could take over an organization and implement a winning culture as a bridge. Now, Matt Eberflus is back for another season, likely with a different quarterback. I don't know why you continue with Justin Fields. He's 10-28. and 28. I like Justin Fields. He... I like everything about him, except he can't operate from the pocket. Please don't make me go down that road again. But let's not forget the Bears also fired head coach John Fox at the end of the 27th season, one year after working into a highly drafted quarterback. So if they draft a new quarterback, you would assume they'd stick with Eberflus to get stability. But that doesn't indicate, well, their history doesn't indicate they would do that, if you get my drift. How about the New Orleans Saints? They, ever since losing... Drew Brees and Sean Payton seem adrift. 
Uh, they've got kind of an old roster. They've got salary cap problems. And if you bring in Belichick, he's going to want the keys of the entire operation. But if the Saints struggle again next season, you can't say that'd be the worst thing in the world, could you? Again, it's freaking Bill Belichick. All right. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Now, again, I've been singing the praises of Todd Bowles, and I meant it. I think Todd Bowles uh, was one of the he, – he, him, him presiding over Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. they were one of the most positive surprises next season. But he's also got to hire a new offensive coordinator because Dave Canales got the Panthers' top job. But, again, here, you want storylines, people? Here's another, here's another following in the – well, you know, this wouldn't be a homecoming, but he would be following Brady's footsteps because, remember, Brady went to Tampa Bay. So the quarterback, known as Tom Brady, I think the history books will show he kind of needed a break from Belichick and his intensity and exhausting coaching style. So he left New England in 2020, won a Super Bowl the following season. <laughs> I think that's a stream long shot. But again, you just never know. Now, the Buffalo Bills is one that I don't think you can poo-poo. And I like Sean McDermott. He's averaging 11.6 wins his five years. The Bills have become one of the best teams in the league, but they can't get over the hump and reach the Super Bowl. And like the Cowboys, there was actually chatter in Buffalo this past year. Would the Bills be looking for a new leader after another disappointing playoff loss? But that's not going to happen for at least another year. So when you look at Buffalo's roster on both sides of the ball, would a guy like Bill Belichick with all the experience and all kinds of success on the biggest stage, do you bring them in, plug and play? Now, I don't know that Patriots fans would be happy about that. They'd have to compete against Belichick twice a year. But you can't, I am told by people I trust, that is a job Bill Belichick would really like, the Buffalo Bills, with that roster. But having said that, having said that, remember, they got a coach. And... Uh, they got a soft spot in my heart for the Bills. So if for any reason Sean McDermott goes away after next year, it's probably another disappointing season. Finally, actually, there's a couple of other ones here I want you to hear me out on. One is a real long shot. The other, if you hear me out, maybe it's a stretch, but what if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Andy Reid is 65. There were rumors last year that he was considering retirement. So if the Chiefs win again next Sunday, perhaps Andy Reid would surprise some folks around the league and hang them up. Now what if you pair Patrick Mahomes with the same coach who presided over Tom Brady and helped turn him into the GOAT? Now Mahomes doesn't need a whole hell of a lot of help there. It's a little crazy. It's hard to imagine uh, another bad scenario for the Patriots fans. Now you get to which Belichick maybe lead another team to a Super Bowl and Mahomes really... Here's the kicker. Here's your storyline. Tom Brady, what? He's won, he won six Super Bowls in New England. If Mahomes wins, that'll be his third. Let's say Reed retires. Belichick comes in. Somehow they both win a couple more Super Bowls. All right. I know I'm in fantasy land here. This is very fanciful. But, uh, look, it's a possibility. If you're going to follow in Andy Reid's footsteps, you better have some junk in your trunk. I don't know that's a, a job a first-year coordinator or, or some hotshot coordinator is going to want. So, again, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys. 
You don't think one of those could potentially go to Belichick if the dominoes fall right? Finally, why not end this up with the theater of the absurd? How about the New York Jets? Now, why do I call it the theater of the absurd? Because Belichick hates the Jets. And I don't think he's liked them for 24 years, going back to when he basically ditched the franchise, ghosted him after one day, and he was hired and joined the Patriots. He did a 30 for 30 documentary, and Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick both had a conversation about their time in New York, and Belichick refused to even visit the Jets' locker room. So, this ain't probably happening, but what if something goofy happens, and I, I don't... I like Robert Sala. I do, but I don't think he's long for this world in New York. He'll land somewhere else. I don't know. But I got to tell you, it would be intriguing. New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Eh, can you imagine it? If you can dream it, it can happen. No one's dreaming that. But those are eight scenarios there. And so just because Bill Belichick didn't get a job this year doesn't mean you can write him off for next year, meaning 2025. It could happen. Right? Hey, Bob Euchre once hit a home run off Sandy Koufax. Don't tell me it can't happen. Football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. For Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, my buddy, Bill Krakenberger, professional better Bill Krakenberger. They'll have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart radio app all right it's time we got to start looking ahead to the super bowl the super bowl is set if you were hoping to see some fresh blood in the super bowl well you might not be happy about the chiefs diners but it sets up one hell of a rematch let's start to dive into it look a little bit back last week and how they got here and let's look ahead with some stuff you're gonna want to hear about i'm bernie frato we're coming to you live from the las vegas fox sports radio tyrac.com studios keep it locked right here you're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. 
Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, back on the Bernie Frattle Show. Fox Sports Radio. Come to you live from the Tarak.com studios here in Las Vegas. Remember, top of the hour, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Yep, the dance sensation sweep of the nation, brand new editions. What kind of brand new fool are you followed by what my name? All right, the Super Bowl is set. If you were hoping to see some some fresh blood, well, you might be a little disappointed, but uh, rematches aren't the worst thing. There have been lots of them in the past, and usually they've turned out pretty good. Remember, this is a a rematch from, gosh, the Super Bowl. uh, You know, they're going to run it back. Was it four years ago? Uh, Something along those lines. And and the bottom line is that was a very good game. The Chiefs trailed by 10. Well, they trailed... uh, 21-10 21-10 with six minutes to go and ended up winning 30 to 31-20, or they trailed 20 to 10. But the point, the point is, is that it's a rematch of of Super Bowl, I think, 49, no, 54, I think. And uh, and so when you look at how these two teams got here, it wasn't necessarily easy because both Baltimore and Detroit put up pretty good fights, but in the end, the Chiefs, Niners, and they combine have combined for 10 conference title game appearances in the last six seasons. These are very formidable franchises, so that's what's going to make this matchup so, I think, so potentially epic. Uh, Baltimore, Kansas City with a low-scoring affair, 17-10. That might have come as a surprise to some, but the quality of each offense and the reputation of the two quarterbacks just ran into some defenses that, frankly, were, were prevailing. And by the way, this Chiefs defense is no slouch. They've gone under the second half of their games, 18-2 and two in their last 20. Uh, look, both pass rushes will made – I'm talking about Kansas City-Baltimore. Both pass rushes made things difficult for both passes, passers. And, and, and so that's why it was so low scoring. The Chiefs actually sacked Lamar Jackson four times and knocked him to the ground a bunch of other times. Patrick Mahomes, who'd not been sacked in either of the Chiefs' first two playoff games, got sacked twice, five quarterback hits, and both of the guy, both Jackson and Mahomes, were forced to abandon the pocket many times. But in the end, it was Patrick Mahomes who dealt with pressure better than Lamar Jackson. He actually completed 77% of his passes under pressure compared to 54% for Lamar Jackson. So Jackson, I would say, and his offensive coordinator Todd Monken did not have their best day but look there's an old saying in life be at the right place at the right time but you also you got to do something about it okay and that's what the Chiefs did they took advantage of things so what the Ravens didn't barely run the ball all day 16 rushing attempts well whatever happened the Chiefs had to beat them still the Chiefs offense was more balanced uh, and Kansas City dominated time of possession. That's just a fact. So uh, the Ravens did keep things close. The result might have been different. They did make some brutal mistakes. Zay Flowers' boneheaded taunting penalty in the third quarter after a 50-yard, four-yard gain. Zay Flowers did not have a good day. Four plays later, he fumbles. He's attempting to dive into the end zone. You've heard it a thousand times. Don't reach for the 
goal line, but he did. And Baltimore never got into the red zone again. The most confounding error was Jackson. And everybody tries to tell us he's the greatest thing uh, since a pepperoni pizza. Maybe he is. Feel free to get to a Super Bowl, fella. And I like Lamar Jackson. But when you force a throw into triple coverage in the end zone with about seven minutes to play, the pass gets picked off, game, set, match. The Chiefs were the better team. They are in the Super Bowl. Tough way for the Ravens to lose the game, but it was nothing compared to what the Lions endured. Oh, man. The Detroit dominated the first half, taking a, a 24-7 lead into the locker room. The Niners turned the tide in the second half. The Lions wilted. San Francisco scored on all five of their second-half possessions, including excluding the final drive to run out the clock. While the Lions failed to score on their first four possessions of the half, that translated the Lions won the first half 24-7, to and uh, the, uh, uh, the Niners won the second half 27-7. to a stunning collapse for Detroit. The main reason certainly was the Niners putting their foot on the gas and showing why were the were, were duly, you know, uh, worthy of being the NFC's number one seed. But listen, we talked about this at length Friday night. Detroit's collapse does feel somewhat self-inflicted. Uh, how could it not? Uh, let's face it. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell made some decisions. You you can talk about living by the sword, dying by the sword. I get it. The Lions got there because of their aggressiveness, but and it really has nothing to do with analytics. Dan, Dan Campbell is his modus operandi is he's not an analytics guy. He's a risk taker by nature. And but but what's interesting is in the first half, he went for the field goal to put them up by three scores. So why going up three scores in the first half is a good idea? But not in the second half. The, the biggest, the, the most egregious decision, which ended up not working out, and again, it's one of those situations, if it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't, you can be called a village idiot. Just ask Pete Carroll in the Super Bowl back in 2015. You know what happened on the goal line there. But with seven minutes to go in the third quarter, had they attempted the field goal, and you know, I, I, I know it's not guaranteed, I get it, Michael Badgley's 50% between 45 and 49, but he had just kicked a 54-yarder against the Rams two weeks prior to win the game. If they make that field goal, now the Lions are going up three scores, and you're in the second half of the third quarter, the Niners at most would have four more possessions. They'd have to score in at least three of them and stop the Lions, and they couldn't afford to go on seven-minute drives. They would have had to score quickly. Mathematically, the Lions would have been in phenomenal position. And then, of course, the one that people remember the most is when the Lions trailed 27-24, had a chance to try a field goal. They didn't. Uh, they didn't get the ball. Uh, the passes dropped. And let's not forget there were fumbles, drop passes, lots of other you know, self-inflicted wounds. And so part, part of this is are you upset with Dan Campbell's decision or are you more upset with the execution? Whether or not you employ analytics or whatever your philosophy is, I believe that everything is situational. Everything has a context. And if you are one of those analytics guys, and again, I'm fine, but analytics is not an inflexible anchor. It's a guideline. 
you want to use analytics week eight against Carolina when you're at home and things are looking good, that's not going to simply be the same as on the road against the 49ers in the playoffs with all the marbles on the line. Every bit of them and a whole city. You know, did you know that Ford Field sold out Sunday? The fans packed Ford Field, 60000 worth, to watch the freaking game on TV. So there's a bit of an awareness there as well. This is a team that had, prior to this year, won one playoff game since 1957. Everybody keeps saying it was 91. No, it was 92, January 5th. They beat Dallas 38-6. to John Madden on the call that day in 92 said they're looking at the two teams of the 90s. He was half right. Dallas went on to win three Super Bowls. The Lions, although they got to the playoffs five more times in the decade of the 90s, never won a playoff game again in the 90s or even up until just this, you know, earlier this year. So it's so hard to get in that position. The Stars lined up. The Lions actually had two home games in the playoffs. The Lions have not won a road playoff game since 1957. Bottom line is, I don't agree with Dan Campbell's decision, and that's not a hindsight 2020 vision. Things are situational. And in that in that moment, it would have made more sense. It's a risk-reward situation. Tie the game, give your team a chance to fight another day. So we're heading into a, an interesting Super Bowl next week. Brock Purdy, a perfect 6-0 and starts this year versus NFC playoff field. He's beaten the Cowboys, Bucks, Eagles, Rams, Packers, and, of course, the Lions to make it a clean sleep. A real exclamation point on Brock Purdy's resume. He became the first quarterback for any team since Joe Montana in 1984 to sweep every playoff team in his conference between the regular season and the postseason. Coming up, we're going to talk about additional storylines, emerging storylines, and other things. Other aspects of this Super Bowl 58 next week coming up. But first, let's go to our guy, the chef, Kevin Wired, with the latest. There it is, baby. Tonight is right for love with Baxter burning. Expressing love so sweet. I'll keep you burning like a dog in heat. Tonight is right for love with Meredith Baxter Burning. The Chef, another outstanding we job. Yeah, we saw plenty of cooking in the NBA tonight. A lot of scoring, a lot of big high-scoring performances. Uh, beginning with Steph Curry, uh, he was tops in the league tonight, 60 points. But not enough as uh, the Golden State Warriors lose to the Hawks on Saturday night, 141-134. De'Aaron Fox had 41 points. Kings over the Bulls, 123-115. Cam Thomas had 40 points. Nets over the 76ers, 136-121. Giannis had 48 points on Saturday as the Bucks uh, take down the Dallas Mavericks, 129-117. Donovan Mitchell had 31 points as the Cavaliers make it five straight wins. As they uh, take down the San Antonio Spurs, 117-101. The New York Knicks had their nine-game winning streak come to an end at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers. L.A. winning it at Madison Square Garden, 113-105. At the college level, 
UConn, the top-ranked Huskies, beats St. John 77-64. That huge rivalry game on Tobacco Road, a top-10 matchup between Carolina and Duke, and the Tar Heels win it 93-84. Over in the Big 12, we had a few ranked matchups. Number 8, Kansas. Tops, number 4, Houston, 78-65. Number 18, Baylor. Over number 12, Iowa State, 70-68, to winning it on a late jumper. Number 15, Texas Tech, upset by Cincinnati, 75-72. to Over in the SEC top 10 matchup, the number 5, Tennessee Volunteers. Over the number 10, Kentucky Wildcats, 103-92. Mountain West action, number 17, Utah State. Defeated by San Diego State, 81-67. to And the uh, only NFL injury news we had regarding the Super Bowl, Jarek McKinnon going to be designated to return from injured reserve uh, by the Chiefs. Uh, he's been dealing with a groin injury. Back to you, Bernie. All right, Chef, another outstanding performance. And keep those vocal cords ready. Of course, you and, uh, and Ian and Mark will be uh, top of the hour. We'll get into what kind of brand new fool are you and, and what my name you know, I always find it fascinating when, when teams end up in the promised land, as it were. They haven't won the Super Bowl yet. Only one will emerge, either the 49ers or Kansas City. But uh, the path to get there, to me, is always where the story uh, really culminates. And, and when you look at how these two teams arrived in the Super Bowl, you have to ask yourself a month ago, you knew this was a real possibility, but you had other other very formidable franchises looming. So, could you could you really guarantee this would happen? Well, no. How could you? Because three weeks ago, what was the group think echo chamber talking about? The fact that Patrick Mahomes would finally have to play some road playoff games this year, something Mahomes had never done in his career, and yes, it's an illustrious career, but. What does Mahomes do? He shut everybody up with a gutty 17-10 win in Baltimore. That sealed one of the best postseason runs of all time. And after winning impressively in Buffalo the week before, the Chiefs should terrify because if you bet against them, well, first of all, you're going to be laying two points. And although some people think they should be the Super Bowl favorites, and a ton of money is coming on Kansas City, trust me, this is where they live. Uh, but it's based on power ratings. So the 49ers deserve to be there. And frankly, they looked invincible for most of their regular season. And then all of a sudden, they turn into what you would can sort of be vulnerable survivors, survive in advance in the playoffs. They just did. That's, that's what happened. And when you look at it, you know, Nolan Ryan once said, the mark of, a, of greatness is when you don't have your best stuff and you win anyway. But... They faced both the Packers and the Lions at home in the last two weeks. They fell behind in both games. Detroit actually had a 24-7 lead at halftime before they lost 34-31. And Brock Purdy and the Niners have had some weird, you know, I would consider vibes in the second half. But when it mattered most, even though they got a couple of lucky bounces, what they, what they uh, did can't be discounted. The Niners are an incredibly talented team, period. They have an elite head coach, but frankly, they have not put together a complete game in the playoffs, so we don't know really 100% what to expect from the Niners next Sunday. I know there are lots of folks lying in wait for Brock Purdy, 
to screw up. I'm not banking on that. I think I think Rock Brock Purdy is way more than just a game manager. We talked about this last night. They always use that term in the pejorative. Well, I got news for you. Guys like Tom Brady and Joe Montana were phenomenal game managers. They're all game managers. You have to be able to manage the offense. And, and same with being a system quarterback. You operate within the framework of a system. And depending on at the high level, you operate within the framework of that system determines the success you have. That's the way it works. But this is a rematch of the Super Bowl in 2020. And the, that that's actually the year that, so, that started the Chiefs dynasty. I'll call it a dynasty. Why not? The Chiefs have now made four of the last five Super Bowls. This is a chance to win their third. That is the peak Patriots-level domination in a five-year period. Both Mahomes and Andy Reid, they have a chance to go even further in the history books as this act continues. For Kyle Shanahan, he gets a chance at redemption. His last two Super Bowl appearances have been, frankly, well, a little on the brutal side. They blew a 28-3 lead against the Patriots when he was the Falcons' offensive coordinator and blew a 20-10 lead as the Niners' head coach against the Chiefs. Chiefs come back and score three touchdowns in the final six minutes to prevail win their first Super Bowl. But I guess in some senses, these are the two. We're ending up with the two teams that most deserve to be there. And you've even got Taylor Swift to boot. Can you believe it? And you've even got an Usher halftime show. Oh, boy. What more can you ask for? We went over all the shows pre-Super Bowl, during the Super Bowl, and after the Super Bowl. Vegas, truly the entertainment capital of the world. By the way, shortly after our show, the podcast will be going up. Ian Roddy will do a great job. He'll get that up. If you missed any of tonight's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow, rate, review the podcast. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcast. You'll see the show podcasted right after we get off the air. Coming up, you know you're allowed to gamble in Las Vegas, and the NFL has actually applied some strict rules to the Vegas Super Bowl. It's the biggest challenge the league sees in taking the Super Bowl to Vegas because gambling's a fact of life here. But if you're an NFL employee, you better take heed. I'll share with you what the thoughts are as the NFL and the Super Bowl, my goodness, it's in Las Vegas. Get your head around that. Years ago, the league wouldn't even accept the now famous ad, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I was doing a show on the air in Detroit. 2003, we heard the league wouldn't take the advertising, wouldn't take advertising dollars from the Las Vegas Visitors and Conventions uh, Center, uh, LVCVA, the Las Vegas Visitors and Convention Association. And now the Super Bowl game will be played here a week from today. Unreal. But comes with some provisos if you're an NFL employee. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to The Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshot to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. They'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Coming up in 14 minutes, the dance sensation sweep of the nation. What kind of brand new fool are you followed by what my name? All right. So I find this kind of interesting. Obviously, in Vegas, people gamble. It is legal here, as it is now in 32 states. But I must tell you, still, even though the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas, the biggest challenge, the NFL season, bringing the Super Bowl to our fair town, is acknowledging the fact that there will be temptations among NFL employees. But the NFL employees, employees would be wise to not partake in that lifestyle. I'll tell you why. So, basically, the NFL has, quote, said the rules are no different for participating teams, players, or other personnel as they would be for any other game. When on business, there's no gambling, whether it's sports gambling or otherwise. Any player, coach, personnel, etc., who would be caught or identified gambling in a casino would be eligible for the disciplinary process. And that would be addressed in the normal course of discipline as the NFL would any player or any other personnel where there's evidence who's violating the rules around gambling. Now, that means slot machines, blackjack tables, roulette with you, get it, and there's cameras 
everywhere. As you know, the NFL has taken a fairly aggressive approach to enacting policies, and they affect more than just the, the, the entirety of the NFL and their 32 teams against gambling and, and trying to educate people that gambling can be a no-no. There are more than 17,000 people that are employed in the NFL. Yeah, they've been trained on these policies over the course of the season, and a gentleman by the name of David Highhill, the league's general manager for sports betting, says this includes, of course, the players and coaches and staff of all 32 teams. It also includes game day assistants, game day workers, folks who are operating technology on the sideline, doctors, equipment staff, chief cook and bottle washer, anybody except for external vendors, anybody that's in proximity to what's happening on the field undergoes the training and understands their obligations. Now, I knew that people would straighten up and fly right. You heard the big to-do in this last offseason when players were caught at the Allen Park facility, Detroit Lions, betting on their app, and the metadata showed they're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do it on the premises. But I think there's more education now, more awareness than there ever has been. And, and, and I think if you don't know the rules by now, it's just you're just blind or you're not paying attention or you just flat out don't care. But anybody, quote, violating their obligations during Super Bowl week could really get significant discipline. That discipline could mean disqualifying from working in the league or playing for up to two years if the violation rises to the level of, quote, affecting the integrity of the game. And by the way, you know darn well that if somebody does something wrong, the NFL is going to make sure to make it public. They'll publicize the violations. They'll publicize the punishment. That will create a deterrence factor. And one of the things the NFL really wants more than anything is to make sure they still have the public trust. They want there to be a transparency to what the NFL is doing. They want trust among people watching on TV people attending in person, even people that don't necessarily watch the NFL, but they're just casual onlookers. They want to make sure that every Sunday there isn't a doubt in their mind the integrity of the game is absolutely pristine. Now, especially when they're in a city that's so associated with gambling, right? Because what happens when doubt enters the mind of the sports fan? How often do you hear it's fixed? I mean, that could supposed to be a conspiracy. They want Taylor Swift there, Travis Kelsey, yada, yada, yada. Come on, man. Really? But that's how some people think. And now that gambling's permitted freely on sporting events, every time there's a bad snap or a muff punt or a drop pass or a turnover or a crazy penalty or maybe a, a certain play an offensive coordinator calls that you didn't agree with, that is going to add fuel to the fire. It's going to cause people to speculate, perhaps cause people to accuse. Is this game fixed? Is there point shaving? I'm telling you, man, there is a class of people out there that believe that. Now, the Supreme Court in 2018 overturned the PASPA Act, the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, which was signed into law by George Bush in 1992, that basically relegated everything back to states' rights. And, and 32 states have stepped up, and gambling is legal. And I can tell you, great organizations like my buddy Matt Holt, U.S. Integrity, I, I believe strongly in, in, in the integrity of the system. But the NFL is dancing a fine line. And the truth of the matter is, 
There are plenty of states that are prohibited from sponsoring or operating or advertising or promoting or licensing, uh, you know, any situation where there's competitive sporting events. Now, the NFL is excited, excited about being here in Vegas. There's no question. Their executive VP, Jeff Miller, said, we know the draft was a great success in Las Vegas. Their Pro Bowl the last couple of years have been terrific. Do you have every reason to expect the Super Bowl would be great? Vegas, no doubt about it. We are a first-class sports city. We know how to do it. We've had NCAA tournament games here. You've got three professional franchises here now, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Aces, and, of course, the Stanley Cup champ winning Las Vegas, uh, the, Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas is very guarded in protecting the integrity of the game as well. The standards here are far more stringent than you realize. Risk managers, sportsbook managers, I'm telling you, the checks and balances are very impressive here. This is not some fly-by-night deal. It's not some podunk. Look, this is a two-week convention for the National Football League. That's what the Super Bowl is. And, of course, it culminates in the game itself. No one wants to screw this thing up. If you could see what's going on around the stadium, the barriers coming up, the construction I see, I'm by, I'm by there every single day. The measures taken. I think people should trust that everything is very much on the up and up. The key is where the NFL has been absolutely, well, maybe not draconian, you could call it that, but certainly hypervigilant is with people who work in the NFL, the players, the front office people, the chief cook and bottle washer. You're going to have to hold your water, man, if you like your job, because the fact of the matter is uh, you could find yourself in real hot water. So people watching at home, people attending in person, people betting on the game should have every belief and every confidence that everything is on the up and up with the utmost integrity. Speaking of utmost integrity, coming up, what kind of brand new fool are you and what my name? Keep it locked. The Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Yup, that's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We are coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, the home of Super Bowl 58. Tyrac.com will help you get there in unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, it's that time, folks. 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. You know what you love it. You can't leave without it. The Dance Sensation Sweep of the Nation. Because you see, Yogi Berra once said you can observe a lot by watching. And we do. Because around this great country of ours, and certainly even around the planet, Every day, 24-7, every week, well, people engage in behaviors. They do things. They get involved in activities. Sometimes they're just innocuous but silly, stupid, embarrassing. Other times they're more serious and even can run afoul of the law and land you in jail. But any way you slice it, the people that engage in these behaviors, these activities, these events, you want to describe it, you want to characterize it, well, every single time it leaves you scratching your head and asking yourself, what kind of brand new fool are you? So, what kind of brand new fool are you? So, you know, these stories never cease to amaze me. This one isn't what I would consider to be a, a very long story with a lot of layers. 
But it really caught my eye, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grandma, grandpa. We take you to Mankato, Minnesota. We introduce you to one Mr. Brandon Seahack, who recently just, you know, part of a routine traffic stop. I don't know what transpired. However, he was searched during the traffic stop, Mr. Mr. Seahack was. And the officer, uh, I believe his name was Eric Lopez, noted in a probable cause statement that he, uh, in, in, in the process of the search, found methamphetamine drugs in the pocket of the sweatpants he was wearing. Well, Mr. Seahack, who happens to be 5'11", told the officer, that's not mine, that's not mine. I popped on the pants of my roommate, and they must be theirs. And I don't know if theirs means female or male. But a relatively quick investigation ensued. Mark, I think you're going to like this one. I'll tell you why. Because you heard me say a second ago that Brandon Seahack is five foot eleven. Well, the officers checked it out, as to the way I understand the story. And the purported owner of the trousers, sweatpants, that Seahack was wearing, his alleged roommate, is four foot one inch. <laughs> yeah, sure. You borrowed your roommate's pants. You're 5'11". He or she is four foot one. But here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. Nicely done, Mark. The beauty is that Seahack was charged with felony narcotics possession and booked into the Blue Earth County Jail. But this dude, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, he has got one hell of a body of work. He's got a lengthy rap sheet that includes convictions for fraud, burglary, receiving stolen property, disorderly conduct, assault, DWI, theft, narcotics possession, check forgery, domestic assault, and driving with a revoked license. Yeah, at least he didn't have any parking tickets, so he's a solid citizen. By the way, he just finished up in 2017 the Minnesota Department of Corrections while he was serving state time for a felony drug conviction. You might want to think the pants you wear and what's in them in the future, Mr. Seahack, because what you've done merely leaves us scratching our head and asking ourselves, what kind of brand new fool are you? All right, Ian Roddy, you had a great debut last week. What have you got for us this week? Uh, yeah, I got another good one. At least I think it's another good one. Uh, All right. So this week's fool resides in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, or at least he did reside there. Now he resides in Blair County Prison. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, he's a 29-year-old man named Andrew Booker. Uh, so he reported a burglary at his home back in February 2023 alleging that someone stole various items from him, including his then-father-in-law's safe, which included his then-father-in-law's life savings valued at over $2 million. That was in the safe physically. Um, oh, wow. Police say, we're thi uh, police say things were a little fishy from the start, but over the next few months, investigators started to notice... Numerous brand new ATVs, vehicles, including a brand new Harley Davidson were parked outside of his house. Just started appearing. Uh, police also noted uh, in the report that Booker was unemployed and going through a divorce when the burglary happened. So, 
Uh, it doesn't doesn't really take a rocket scientist to connect the dots here. Booker was charged with theft, conspiracy, and tampering with evidence, among many other things, and he was thrown in prison. So, Andrew Booker, what kind of brand new fool are you? That's a good one. Two for two, Ian. Nicely done. Good research, my man. All right, the chef, Kevin Wyatt, you're a veteran at this game. What have you got for us? All right, so we go north of the border to Canada, north Ontario. And this is a reminder. Drop the puck. Never mind. This is a reminder to always check your autocorrect because uh, oftentimes <laughs> what you intend to write can come out entirely differently. So a Pizza Hut location in northern Ontario has gone viral, not for its pizza, but rather for an unfortunate typo. There was a sign posted on the window that says, due to unforeseen circumcisions, the dining room will be closed this evening. Sorry for the inconvenience. Open for takeout and delivery only. So uh, unforeseen circumcisions does sound like a good reason to close down a restaurant if you ask me. So <laughs> employees at Pizza Hut in Northern Ontario, what kind of brand new fool are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to gather myself. I guess they were a victim of circum- circumcision circumstances. I'm like like the three stooges. All right, I, I, good stuff, guys. Altoona to Canada to Mankato, Minnesota. Another rousing edition of what kind of brand new fool in the books. Which allows us to segue and lead into our second favorite bit that we lovingly refer to as What My Name. All right, here we go. Here we go. Got a little football theme this week. You think? You think mostly football. All right. Brock Purdy is a sparkling 6 0 this season against all uh, playoff teams from the NFC that he faced. The last quarterback to do that was me in 1984. Ian Roddy, what my name? 19. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now for 1984 right. quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, you know, j- just to throw a name out there, I'm going to go Jay Cutler. Okay, not Jay Cutler. So Brock Purdy became the first quarterback since 1984 to go... S- uh, a clean sweep, 6-0 and against all NFC playoff teams they faced this season. I'm the last guy to do it as a quarterback. 1984 is the year I did it. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Now, is this an NFC quarterback or just uh, conference, or conference opponents that are playoff teams? Well, you, you, beat every, you, you beat every playoff team in your respective it, it, conference. Got it. Heading in, yeah, yeah, so, exactly, 6-0. Uh, I'm going to guess John Elway. No, that's not a bad guess. It's not John Elway. All right, so Brock Purdy, as you know, 6-0 this season against every playoff team he faced, a clean sweep. Last quarterback to do that was me back in 1984. Uh, Mark Ramsey, what my name? I'm going to try Jim McMahon. Okay, so that's not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. McMahon won the Super Bowl the following year. Actually, a guy, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. His name is Joe Montana. Joe ah. Montana. Shut All right. Down. Yep. All right, now this one I think you guys might not even give you a clue, but, you know, it's a little bit, you're going to have to put on your thinking cap, but it's not that tough of a question. I was the losing quarterback in Super Bowl II. Here's a hint. I played for the Raiders. 
I was a losing quarterback in Super Bowl two. Ian Roddy, what my name? I know it's wrong, but Joe Namath. Not Joe Namath. Fair enough. At least you're firing names out there. Namath actually the winning Super Bowl quarterback in Super Bowl three. I was a losing quarterback in Super Bowl two. Hint, I played for the Raiders. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Going to guess uh, Ken Stabler. Ooh, not nice guess. Kenny Stabler, of course, was the quarterback later in that decade or in, into the 70s. I saw Ken Stabler uh, completely carve up the Minnesota Vikings in 1977 Super Bowl, but I digress. All right. I was the losing quarterback in Super Bowl II. Hint, I played for the Raiders. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Uh, George Blanda. Ooh, see, I love that name. That's a good one. It's actually Daryl LaMonica. You guys have heard of Daryl LaMonica, right? Yes? Yes. Great guy. I met him at the quarterback legends function that we promoted in Tennessee in 1992. He looked great. He was wearing a blazer. I said, Daryl, you look like you still play. You look good. He goes, I feel good. Anyway, good guy. All right. I was the winning coach in Super Bowl I. I was the winning Head coach in Super Bowl One, Ian Roddy, what my name? Was that Vince Lombardi? That was Vince Lombardi, who had called. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs 35-10 to 10 at, at the Coliseum. Frankly, i got to be fair, it wasn't even called the Super Bowl then. It's called the AFC-NFC Championship game. They had to give away tickets just to get 30,000 people there. Can you imagine that? And Vince Lombardi had called the AFL a Mickey Mouse League. I guess it was kind of fitting. The game was played half an hour down the street from Disneyland. Vince Lombardi, though, take, won the first two Super Bowls, actually. All right. Prior to last Sunday's 17-point come-from-behind victory over Detroit, I was the last quarterback to engineer a 17-point comeback in the NFC Championship game. He, uh, Kevin Wyatt, what my name? I am going to guess uh, Jared Goff in the pass interference game. <laughs> Not Jared Goff. Yeah, you remember that against New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah, that was something. Not Jared Goff, but A for effort. Okay, prior to last Sunday's 17-point comeback from behind over Detroit, well, I was the last quarterback to engineer a 17-point comeback in the NFC Championship game. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Steve Young. Ooh, good guess. Not Steve Young. Of course, Steve Young was the quarterback back in Super Bowl 29, 1995. Remember, the Niners haven't won a Super Bowl in a long time either, 1995. Uh, prior to last Sunday's 17-point come-from-behind victory over Detroit, I was the last quarterback to engineer a 17-point comeback in an NFC championship game. Uh, Ian Roddy, what my name? I'm going to go Nick Foles. Not a bad guess. Guy by the name of Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick oh. did it back in 2013. All right. Well, Travis Kelsey has been just blowing up, right? Travis Kelsey at this point trails only me for all time playoff receiving yards in the NFL. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? All-time playoff receiving yards, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice! Nicely done. The chef, a man of many talents. Any superlative record like that, Jerry Rice yeah, is a good right? guess. <laughs> yeah, you bet. You bet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Obviously, sports betting is a huge part of the National Football League. And 
just about damn near anything now. But only I. I am the head coach of the NFL's best team against the spread in the 2023 NFL season. Mark Ramsey, what my name? What am I guessing? The best spread? Which coach? I'm the coach of the team that had the best record against the spread in this 2023 NFL season. So if you bet on me, you won more. If you bet every game, you won more with me than any other coach in the 2023 season. What my name? Oh, I'm not sure the coach's name, but I'll just go with uh, Baltimore. It's not Baltimore. I would have given it to you if it was, but that that's John Harbaugh. Not John Harbaugh. For future reference, if anybody, as we continue. All right. I'm the head coach of the NFL's best team against the spread in the 2023 NFL season. Ian Roddy, what my name? Uh, it could be Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks. Nope, not Pete Carroll. I'm the head coach of the NFL's best team against the spread in the 2023 season. The National Football League, Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Hmm. I am going to get the regular season? The whole season. The whole season, including playoffs. I'm going to guess Andy Reid. Not Andy Reid. Believe it or not, guys, Dan Campbell of the Detroit ah. Lions. The Lions were money this year. I want to say they were like 14-6 against the number, something like that. Maybe 13-6. and six. All right. Let's switch to basketball for a minute. This past week, I became the 25th player in NBA history to score 25,000 points. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Uh, Bronze already won something. Uh, Wibinyama. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Damn near the way he scored. Not Victor Wembenyama. This week, I became the 25th player in NBA history. To score 25,000 points. Ian Roddy, what my name? Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, yes. Russell Westbrook. All right, so Patrick Mahomes has won two road playoff games this year. The first two of his career. The last time the Chiefs won a road playoff game before Patrick Mahomes, I was the quarterback. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? I am going to guess Alex Smith. Alex Smith is very good guess. All right, last one. I'm a current head coach in the National Football League, and I've won more regular season games than any other coach in the last five years. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Does he coach at Dallas, Texas? Not Dallas, not Mike McCarthy. I'm a head coach in the NFL. I've won more regular season games than any other head coach in the National Football League in the last five years. Ian Roddy, what my name? Ooh, could that be Kyle Shanahan? Not Kyle Shanahan. It's a pretty good guess, but not Kyle Shanahan. <clears throat> I'm a head coach in the National Football League, and I've won more regular season games than any other head coach in the National Football League in the last five years. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Sean McDermott. It is Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. Nicely done, guys. Great job on what my name. Great job on what kind of brand new fool are you? Always a fan favorite. That's right. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Appreciation. A little something, something for the effort. These men work hard. And 
they will continue to work hard after the show because my guy Ian Roddy, he will put up the podcast. It'll be going up right after the show. So if you missed any of tonight's show, be sure to check out the... Well, first of all, if you've missed any of tonight's show, your first line for a frontal lobotomy, but we'll get to that later. But be sure to check out the podcast. Just search... Easy for me to say. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to follow, rate, and review the podcast. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll see this show posted right after we get off the air. And I will also post it on my Twitter handle, at Bernie Fratto, and it'll be re- reposted on the Fox Sports Radio handle. Coming up, gosh, is it possible? Could we maybe see some new records broken in the Super Bowl next week? Single play records, single game player records. Some of these are pretty daunting, but you never know. Some of these go back a long way. Maybe we're due to break a few. We got two very prolific teams in the Niners and Chiefs. We'll take a look, see what you think. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com Studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tarak.com studios here in Las Vegas, home of Super Bowl 58. Take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. A week from today, it all it all starts again. So, will there be any records broken? Single game player records? Single play records? I'll tell you some records I don't think will be broken. For instance, most touchdowns scored in the game. There have been a bunch of players who've scored three touchdowns 
in a Super Bowl game. Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, Ricky Waters, Terrell Davis, James White. Do I think someone's going to score four? No, I don't. You know, Tom Brady in that fam famous comeback against the Falcons, 28-3 a few years back, completed 43 passes, completed 43 passes in that comeback. Threw for 505 yards. Do I think those will be broken? No, I don't. There are actually two pick sixes in a game. Dwight Smith against the Raiders many, many years ago, 22 years ago. Do I think there'll be three pick sixes in a game? No, I don't. The longest completion, 85 yards from Jake DeLome to Basim Muhammad. That was one of the great Super Bowls in Houston back in 2004. 85 yards. Could that be broken? It's possible. Now, the Super Bowl I cover in Detroit, Super Bowl 40, the Steelers' Willie Parker versus Seattle had a 75-yard run from scrimmage. I'll tell you a record I'm certain won't be broken. Well, I can't say certain, but I don't think it will be. The longest field goal. That takes you back to the mid-90s. The Bill Steve Christie versus Dallas had a 54-yard field goal. Do you think anybody would attempt a 55-yard field goal in this day and age of analytics? I'll tell you another record I don't think will be broken. The Steelers, James Harrison, back in 2009 versus Arizona, had a pick six, 100 yards. How about the longest kickoff return? Think this will be broken? I don't think so. The Ravens, Jacoby Jones versus the 49ers, when the two Harbaugh brothers went at it. 108-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. They didn't even run them out of the end zone anymore, for crying out loud. By the way, if there is a punt return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl next Sunday, it'll be the first time ever. There's never been a punt return touchdown in the Super Bowl history. It is written. There'll be one next week. There you go. Coming up. Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. But first, let's go back to our guy, Kevin Wyatt, the chef, with the latest. Yeah, big scoring night in the NBA. If you're a fan of points, it was a, it was a fun night for sure. As Steph Curry had 60, threw down 60 points for the Warriors, but Golden State loses in overtime to the Atlanta Hawks, 141 to 1-34. The Sacramento Kings, they get 41 points from De'Aaron Fox en route to a 123-115 victory against the Chicago Bulls. Cam Thomas had 40 points as the Nets topped the 76ers, 136-121. Giannis, 48 points on the evening as the Milwaukee Bucks Come from behind to beat the Dallas Mavericks, 129-117. Donovan Mitchell had 31 points as the Cleveland Cavaliers win their fifth straight game, uh, taking down the San Antonio Spurs, 117-101. The Lakers and the Knicks, uh, nine-game winning streak with a 113-105 win at Madison Square Garden. LeBron James had 24 points. In the college ranks, we had plenty of ranked matchups, plenty of games featuring two ranked teams. Of course, the big rivalry game on Tobacco Road, Duke and Carolina, and it's the third-ranked Tar Heels winning it, 93-84. to Top-ranked UConn over St. John's, 77-64. The Big 12 had quite a few uh, ranked teams in action as number 8 Kansas uh, go, uh, takes down number 4 Houston, 78-65. Number 18 Baylor over number 12 Iowa State, 70-68 to as the Bears winning on a late jumper and number 15 Texas Tech upended by Cincinnati 75-72 other action in the SEC a top 10 matchup number 5 Tennessee over number 10 Kentucky 103-92 and in the Mountain West number 17 Utah State defeated by San Diego State 81-67 and the only injury update we have for the Super Bowl 
Is uh, Jarek McKinnon going to be designated to return from injured reserve by the Chiefs? So we'll see what his availability for the big game is uh, moving forward. Back to you, Bernie. All right, the chef, as always, great performances tonight. Good stuff. All right, it's at this time every week uh, we bring you uh, a special feature. Look, we're five months away from soccer being back on the world stage in the Olympics at, at Paris. Recently, we've had the Men's World Cup, we've had the Women's World Cup, but it doesn't matter whether it's in season or out of season, whether it's on the field or off the field. There's always news. We call it football around the world, we call it soccer, we call our feature, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The greatest goals. I've just seen the most insane goal I have ever seen. The thrilling finishes. The international drama. El Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí, ahí la tiene Torrado. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. So much going on in the world of soccer, Bernie. We're near the semifinals for the Asia Cup. Africa Cup of Nations still ongoing as well. Giovanni Reina moving from Germany, from Borussia Dortmund to Nottingham Forest in the Premier League, looking for some more playing time here. But today's theme really comes down to a question of managers and burnout and how long and how much pressure really adds up at the top of the table here, at the top of the mountaintop, where things get so stressful that two giants at two of the biggest clubs in the world are simply walking away this week. We are talking about Xavi Hernandez, the manager of from Barcelona, and Liverpool's longtime manager, Jurgen Klopp, both of who have stated that this will be their final season with their respective clubs. They will be leaving Barcelona and Liverpool respectively here during the summer. Now, there are commonalities between the two and there are differences between the two and we will talk about both. Let's start with Jurgen Klopp, who has been managing Liverpool for almost nine years now and the success at Liverpool cannot be understated. He has brought them a Premier League title and a UEFA Champions League title respectively. He's been runner-up twice for the UCL, FIFA World Club Cup, a UEFA Super Cup, an FA Cup, and a League Cup. It is a remarkable amount of success especially in an age that has been dominated by Manchester City and Chelsea here at the top. He has managed to bring Liverpool no small amount of dominance, of vigor. And right now here, even entering into this weekend, Liverpool is on top of the Premier League table and will remain there coming in on Friday, five points clear of Manchester City and Arsenal. Jurgen, however, this past week announced that he would be stepping away from Liverpool at the end of this season. Uh, there will be no Alex Ferguson-style U-turn. He will not come back to the club. He is going to, by his own words, take at least a year away from managing. If He, he has no country in mind. He has no club in mind of where he will go next. And if he comes back to England, he says it will only be with Liverpool. So he is leaving at least on good terms. In fact, some of his players have known about his his place here, his situation since about November. It was just kind of hard for him to put it into words. 
A German national, Jurgen Klopp has basically cemented himself as the one responsible for the modern-day incarnation of Liverpool, managing great players like Mohamed Salah, who is still, in my mind, one of the greatest players playing in England right now. But we've also mentioned Jurgen Klopp's name many times here in the world of soccer, usually in complaints to how crowded the soccer calendar is. Right now, he's without Mohamed Salah and Endo, his Japanese midfielder, as they go to the Africa Cup of Nations and the Asia Cup. It's been a tale that there has just been a lot going on in for a UEFA club these days, and Liverpool is no exception, and it has fueled a massive amount of burnout for Jurgen, who wants to take a year away and just reevaluate things and it is tough it is tough with everything that is going on and he's kind of seen himself drained especially coming off of last year where Liverpool failed to qualify for the Champions League now in the case of Xavi Hernandez there's a lot kind of a different pressure going on here especially at Barcelona Xavi Hernandez himself has is decided to step away from the club. It came after last Saturday, a 5-3 defeat to Villarreal when he made the announcement. And under a little bit more of uh, understandable circumstances, Barcelona has really struggled to come back into their dominance age uh, underneath Xavi Hernandez, especially who's only been the manager since 2021. They've come out of some very dire, very dark times that saw them lose Lionel Messi due to a lot of financial implications of some of the uh, economic uh, situation they were put into. Xavi Hernandez, however, has kind of felt like he's underperformed a little bit at Barcelona. And to be fair, Barcelona's standards are extremely high. You are in a league where the only person that you are on your level is probably Atletico and most definitely Real Madrid. And with the rivalry with Real Madrid, coming in second place is simply like if Ohio State decides to come in second place to Michigan. It's not acceptable to the fans who have a lot more control there. It's not acceptable to the standards to which Barcelona has enjoyed for the 21st century. And this is the key difference between Xavi and Klopp. It is that Xavi Hernandez's announcement was greeted with acceptance by the Barcelona faithful. It was greeted with this idea of impatience, of just a, a need to turn the page and Xavi Hernandez himself has said that he does not enjoy Monday to Friday here with the club at Barcelona. It's a situation where the pressure got to Xavi Hernandez. It is a situation that I think the expectations outstripped what Barcelona is even capable of and that the club is still expecting matters of the past. But there is a commonality between Barcelona and Liverpool in their in their both their managers deciding to leave their contract money on the table and walk away at the end of the year is that the being at the top now for one of the top clubs in soccer across the world is an incredibly stressful job especially now calendars for soccer are getting more and more crowded there are fewer and fewer time off or even to step away and reevaluate things UEFA continues to add tournaments FIFA continues to add tournaments. International uh, competitions no longer have breaks for some of these things like the Africa Cup of Nations right now. 
Money is getting bigger and bigger, and with it comes bigger and bigger demands for your club to perform, to perform, and to win. It is a massive amount to juggle everything being a manager now in the modern European soccer landscape. And I think sometimes we kind of say, yeah, that's kind of the job, and it is. But at the same time, I think it is also humanly relatable. No matter what you do, burnout is there to catch you. You can be emotionally drained, you can be mentally drained no matter what you do. And sometimes in our culture, which is so focused on grind, so focused on going to work every day at the expense of everything else, there comes a point where you just can't deal with it after a certain point, be it the criticism that Xavi Hernandez took or simply the flame out of Jurgen Klopp. It is a human toll, it is an emotional toll, and it's one I think we should all be well aware of. And it doesn't matter if you're someone who's working a nine to five or a manager at the top of the world. These guys run incredibly stressful careers and they have decided for one reason or another to walk away and you wonder who else out there might be trying to find some relief for themselves. That's it for the world of soccer this week, Bernie. We'll see you soon. There you have it, chock full and months away from soccer being back on the world stage. Coming up, we wrap up the show and we have what I would call a life imitates art segment. If you ever saw the movie Lost in America with Albert Brooks, absolutely hilarious. Oh, by the way, it features a famous scene with Gary Marshall, late great Gary Marshall, who of course wrote the play The Odd Couple. Well, Albert and his wife lose all their money, $100,000 playing a roulette in Vegas, and he tries to convince the casino manager, Gary Marshall, could you please give us our money back? You're making a great ad campaign. Classic movie scene. Well, life imitates art. I'll fill in the blanks coming up as we wrap up the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. I am Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tarak.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show. I'm Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. 
Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, we're wrapping it up on the Bernie Fratto Show. And I want to set the record straight. Top credit to my technical producer, Mark Ramsey, who has quite the knowledge of pop culture, correctly pointed out to me that the original play, The Odd Couple, was written by Neil Simon. He's absolutely correct. I brain farted. That turned into a feature-length movie in 1968 featuring Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. But for me, the most familiar was The Odd Couple TV show which was Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. It, it had over 100 episodes, It's and it holds up. It's just, just classic, just classic comedy TV. So good for Mark pointing that out. We want to be accurate. And, uh, and to that end, before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team in Los Angeles. Been with me since 11 p.m. on Saturday night. Mark uh, Ramsey, our uh, technical producer, Kevin Wyatt, the chef, on all the updates, and Ian Roddy, our... Uh, our executive producer, and he'll have the uh, podcast here up in an hour or so, and you can listen to the show. So I talked about life imitating art, and as Mark remembered well, you could probably YouTube this scene. In the movie Lost in America with Albert Brooks, him and his wife decide they're going to flout the system. He's upset that uh, he got passed over for a promotion or something as advertising jobs. He said, screw it, we got a 100,000 nest egg, let's... Let's drive across America and live our life. Let's live the American dream. Uh, and uh, they stop in Las Vegas and lose all $100,000. And uh, they're a little verklempt. And so the famous scene is Albert Brooks pleading with Gary Marshall, the casino manager, why don't you just give us our money back? It would be a phenomenal advertising campaign. There'd be billboards. And it's just such expert comedy. And I think he... Gary Marshall offers him like a, a, a free buffet or something like that or free room, but don't take my word for it. YouTube it. It's that good. Albert Brooks, I've always believed, is an incredibly underrated actor and, and comedian. So life does imitate art. You may have heard a couple months ago a mid-level finance manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His name was Amit Patel. He pleaded guilty to stealing $22 million through a virtual credit card system that the Jacksonville Jaguars use for expenses. Kind of reminds me of office space. <laughs> if we go to that federal prison, I can't finish the rest of the sentence unless I want to get my show canceled. But that was a, that was a great movie as well, man, <laughs> with the TPS reports. But I, I digress. So sources with knowledge of, of the whole situation, apparently we've come to find out that Patel took that money and, well, he gambled it, much like... Albert Brooks and his wife did in Lost in America. And uh, he only lost about $20 million of the funds on, wait for it, daily fantasy sports bets at FanDuel, which had assigned him a VIP host. And I guess he lost about a million with DraftKings, wanted to spread the wealth. So what he did is he transferred the money directly from, his, from the team account right to FanDuel. And again, the sources familiar with the situation said, that there are allegedly discussions going on among FanDuel and the Jaguars and the NFL on some sort of settlement. 
Uh, but I don't know uh, that FanDuel sees it that way. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you there, Bill Lumberg. Get on those TPS reports. The way they see it, FanDuel got the money fair and clear. It's not their problem. We have to forfeit it back to you. You want your money? Not up in here. Not up in here. FanDuel has declined to comment, as well as the NFL and, not, well, the Jaguars. It's my understanding they haven't responded to a lot of requests for comment either. This Patel character apparently siphoned the money over three and a half years, according to federal court documents. And in, again, in December, he, he pleaded guilty to fraud charges in federal court down in Jacksonville, Florida. He faces up to 30 years in prison and a $500,000 fine. He won't be sentenced until March 12th. You can be sure we'll be following that. It's almost borderline a brand new fool story. But uh, apparently, FanDuel alerted the NFL to Patel's betting in January 2023 after he placed all kinds of sports bets traditional in Tennessee and the amounts and wagers. They triggered the investigation. We don't know exactly why, but there are, you know, we know that gambling sites have a duty to perform anti money laundering, know your client procedures, et cetera, et cetera. But there's only one quote that stands out. That one veteran daily fantasy player told ESPN on the condition of anonymity that they believe that Patel, who went by the name, the handle Parlay Picker, was, quote, the biggest loser ever on FanDuel. You think? Lost $20 billion. Legendarily bad. You think? He lost $20 million. What, he just got unlucky? A couple of bad calls by the refs? But, again... They've asked FanDuel to give back the money, and to the best of our knowledge, they're saying, not up in here! Not up in here! Maybe they can get together and watch the movie Lost in America and pop some popcorn and get in a good mood. It's going to do it for the Bernie Frado Show. See you next Friday night at 11 p.m. In the meantime, keep it locked right here. Up next, the great Andy Furman, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.